Hello, hello, and welcome to the Mild and Lazy Guys podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Matt. And I'm Andrew. And on today's episode, we are back after yet another lengthy delay. We do apologize. But we are back. We have a full show for you. Um, We're going to get into some stories from our junk mail segment. Um, We've got Mount... A good Mount Rushmore in honor of uh, Big Brother Season 23 wrapping up. We're going to go over our biggest Big Brother villains and assholes. Um, We've got Pick Your Poison. Uh, In the movie review, we reviewed the 1994 film Ace Ventura, starring a very young uh, Jim Carrey. Um, And then we are going to uh, talk Cowboys. We've got a couple, two, three Cowboy games uh, to go over. We're probably not going to hit too much on the old one, on the, uh, on the, uh, last few but we're gonna uh we're coming to you from uh, on a sunday night mm-hmm. and hours after a victory hours after a victory we can, we'll take a little shit on philly we can't yeah just gloss we, can't, over that. we can't let them skate by um and then we're gonna wrap up with uh what are we watching and what are we listening to uh but before we start if i could could you please if you haven't already go to itunes leave us a rating and review apple podcast if you're on an if you're on an iphone Every rating helps. Please leave a review. Um, follow us on Spotify. Spotify has a feature now where you can follow us. So anytime a new episode drops, um, you'll be notified and you can get it uh, when it drops. Um, we do have merch on our Instagram page. Um, that's at Mild and Lazy. Follow us there. Uh, we have a merch link in the bio. So if you want to get some swag, support the pod, you can get it there. Um, but with that, let's get on to the show. What's up, man? It's been it's good to be back in the seat. It's good, good. Back in the saddle. Good day. Got to go to a Cowboys game for free. I can't beat that. How was it? Tell yeah. me about it. It was your first one, right? <clears throat> first first one at the new stadium. At the new I stadium. I got to go yeah. to a couple, you know, in Irving uh again for free because like a friend of mine growing up in high school took me. Which was nice. Um Well really nowadays guys like this, that's the only way we can go. Right. And so Yeah, uh so everything was good. Parking is ridiculous. So I thought it was going to be like $75, which I was already like out on. Turns out it's now 150. That's uh, just unreal. Yeah. So unless you just want to walk, you know, a good two miles, um, and, or just circle around until you find a spot. So we actually found a spot just under two miles away and there's a shuttle bus. So you pay 20 bucks, you know, flat rate. We all got on. There's four of us. I should say it was, we got the tickets because my, Buddy and my brother-in-law's work gave him the tickets, and my brother-in-law was um, out of the country still from, on work. So it was my sister, her mother-in-law, her son, my nephew, and I took the place of Brett, my brother-in-law. So um, so there's four of us. We get 20 bucks. We get to go on the bus. But we're like, well, how are we going to get back? You know, like, you going to pick us up? And they're like, no, 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 this is a one-way shuttle. Like, we'll drop you off. And they were like, you know, some people either walk back or you can take an Uber um, we're like, okay, so how far is it? And they told us it was half a mile. And that was some bullshit because <laughs> it was much closer to two miles, which doesn't sound bad, but it's in a very populated, you know, because the game's over. 100,000 people are trying to leave. And there's, like, sidewalks that would end, and then we're just walking in the road, like, hugging a um, a guardrail. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like in a single-file line where you got that white line, and then you got the guardrail, and there's about, what is that, 18 inches of space. And cars are just, you know, casually going 40, 45 miles an hour past you. So that was the only bad part. I've always heard parking sucks, and it does, unless you just have, like, a lot of, you know, disposable money and you just want to put $150 on it, yeah. which we weren't going to do. 
But other than that, once we got there, it was really good. Um, my sister was nice enough to actually like buy me some food. So I had a Philly cheesesteak, which was delicious. You always hear they have good food there. And what I had was it was delicious. Um, got a drink, got a souvenir cup that I'm sure will just soon soon enough just be washing, used to wash Ellie's hair. You mm-hmm. know, it's usually what yep. happens with those yep. cups. Uh, seats, you know, they were up top, but there's a big fucking TV right there. And there's... You know, that's the length of the field is that way. So it's like, you know, from end zone to end zone. And then facing the other way are smaller TVs. And by smaller, I mean they're only like 50 fucking feet. You know, it's like ridiculous. So you do get caught up like watching the monitor a lot, uh, except when they were on our end. And I don't know how to describe which side we were on. (laughs) You know, we were on this side. So when the action was over there, I could really focus on it. And just just the atmosphere. It's a good time to be a Cowboys fan with our offense and our defense coming together. Um, every big, every big play our offense had, you know, we were going crazy. Every big sack or turnover. Um, so just all in all, man, great fucking time. Couldn't be happier to go to a game for free. And if anyone else wants to take me to a game for free, I'm more than willing to attend. Except we're a package deal. So you have to take the show as, yeah. as a group. Um, yeah. Sacrifice both of your tickets and give yes. them to me and Matt. Uh, I went to one, what I say back in 2016, probably twenty. 2015 maybe probably 15 because of who you said was 15 playing. yeah uh it was against the jets it was late in the year it was a it was the year that romo got hurt right before we drafted dak kellen moore our offensive coordinator was starting the game i think he threw like two or three picks we got ran out by the jets i mean how bad I, is that run out by the jets. and it wasn't the atmosphere wasn't there i think it was like a december game uh you could hear conversations like a section over happening. I was surrounded by Jets fans. They well, were. You they, could tell it was a bad year because that year we picked number four overall. So, yeah. like you said, December. It's just been a rough year. People yeah. were probably just done. But it was cool. It was a. Uh, I want to say it was like a Sunday night game for some reason. I would love to go to a Sunday night game and get there early. Yeah, like noon and just oh, because that's the one thing I was gonna say. Dude, people tailgating are doing it right. They had the best setup. So you, I would pay one hundred and fifty dollars or seventy five each if me and you went. And we just cooked out, brought a do canopy, and just chill. You know, get a couple more buddies, and we just stayed out in the parking lot, like for a Sunday night game, or even like a three thirty game, so we can get there at like noon. You know, get a little wild, but not too crazy, and then come, you know, seven thirty, we're heading home. Yeah, because all we need is a smart TV. Because I have a YouTube TV account, and, and like a hotspot, and hook it up, and then we'd have the game right there. Yeah, because we were walking back, you know, to get to our vehicle, which that was, you know, the worst part. Like I said, but. Just the setups people had, it was amazing. Like smoking the food, mm-hmm. playing the cornhole, the game's on, music's playing. I'm like, this is, you know, I would yeah. rather do this because the the game was fun. But I'm not gonna lie, I would, I like watching it in my house in my chair. Yeah, with I, the ability to pause and get a drink. I made a sacrifice today. I went and hung out with my dad, which is weird because my dad is, he's a boomer. If I can use that term. Oh, of course. He's a boomer. It's not a bad term. My dad's a boomer. He's a boomer. He's one of the dudes that wrote off the NFL when when they started kneeling and stuff. Mm-hmm. I know. And yeah. He doesn't watch, and but he was like, hey, do you want to come over and grill out and, and watch the game? I'm like, yeah, sure. It just wasn't the same because, like, I couldn't – we watched it. It was a cool setup. He's got a man cave that he added on to his house. So he's – you know, he's an old hippie, so you walk through. They just walk, knocked a threshold through the garage, so you walk through the garage and then through a threshold, and, and that's his man cave. He's got a hot tub set up. He's got a TV up in the corner. Dude. Yeah. He, dad's doing he, it right. He's got it carpeted. He's got hippie beads hanging down from the threshold. What? Like, Yeah, he's just an old hippie. So, um, well, let's, but it, it let just, him introduce me to him. 
I will. Yeah, I'll go, I'll go watch a game. Well, it, it, maybe. It was it was cool hanging out with my dad, you know, whatever. Landry got in the hot tub and, and <laughs> Landry's he, getting in, dude. He was, and I forgot he had it, so I didn't bring him any shorts. And he was like, "Dad, I want to get in." I was like, "Just get down to your underwear." Next thing I know, he's naked, already in the hot tub. I was like, "Dad, Landry's naked in the hot tub." He's like, "Ah, whatever." So Landry was in the hot tub. You know, me and him were watching the game. I grilled some bacon wrapped shrimp and a steak. That sounds good. Yeah, uh, it wasn't bad, but. It's not like being at the house where I can just focus, you know. And this TV wasn't the greatest, but all in all, not a bad day. It's always good to watch a game with your dad. Yeah. Yeah, and he was into it more than what I thought, you know. He, but he was a lot of questions because he doesn't – he hadn't followed him. So he's like, who's this number 20? Like, it's, it's – Oh, he's better than Zeke. Did Tony you tell him Pollard. That? No, I didn't because – Zeke had a good game. But Zeke we'll, did have a good game. Maybe I'm his good luck charm. Maybe. Maybe the closer I am proximity, because he did have, I think he had like a 47-yard run. or As long as since 2016. Wow, his rookie year. What yeah. do you know? We'll talk about We'll talk. We'll get into <laughs> it, because I've been wanting, I've been, I held off. Uh, but yeah, no, it was good. It was fine. Um, you know, Landry got to hang out with his papa, and it was, it was all good. But you're right. There's nothing like being, because you've got your ritual. You've got your seat. Mm-hmm. You composite. Oh, yeah. You've got, you know. You usually prepare food before. Yeah, Or, yeah. you know, going then. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't bad. So, yeah, no. Uh, Cowboy games are definitely different in person. I mean, I've only been to one. But um, I did catch myself like you, like, watching it, like, up, you know, up at the mon- up at the screen. Yeah, and we were so high up. It was almost like almost eye level. Eye level, yeah. So why wouldn't I? Yeah. And, you know, it's like one of the biggest TVs in the world. You got to admire it. That's why they put it there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so, anything else? How's the baby? We have baby update. Yeah, we went to the doctor Thursday. I, I got off for it. Uh, it wasn't an ultrasound. They just checked, like you know, probably vitals. Or- vitals. Yeah, we heard the heartbeat, and he like measured her tummy to see. You know, I guess they can measure the baby that way. Said everything was good. That we're still expecting. You know, around that time. But if it's if it's a bigger baby, because they said they were like, well, your first kid was a big baby, and I don't think it was. I think Ellie was like eight pounds, six ounces. It's pretty. I thought that was like average, but I was like, okay. And of course, Claire was like, well, I was a big baby. Claire was like almost eleven pounds. Like Holy Claire shit. ruined her mother. Yeah, and then their sister had to be a, a C-section baby because of <laughs> Claire Way basically go, Claire. coming down all all shoulders and elbows and knees coming Whoa, out of there. That is a big baby. That is a big baby. So they were like, well, since you have a history of that in your family, like you know, we don't want you to um, let this thing cook any longer. I don't think they use that terminology, but. Uh, it, it, it's appropriate. That's that's medical. Yeah, that, that sounds yeah. about right. I did perform a, a a labor before, like I was there for yeah, one, so yeah. I picked up a little lingo. But I was like, man, if we could have this baby like second week of December, that'd be fantastic. That'd be great. Tax purposes, I can take off of work for like a month, right at the height of like all our shit for work. So I was like, Claire, I might just start like, you know, picking you up and dropping you on the ground real hard, like <laughs> suplex, suplex. You know, like maybe we'll go jump on a trampoline or yeah, something. Yeah. That'd be fantastic if that baby came out like two weeks before Christmas. That'd be awesome for you. It would be. Selfishly, uh, it would be. Speaking of babies, uh, I want to give a shout out to friend and listener Eric. Um, him and his wife Christina That's right. gave birth to a, to a healthy baby girl. Third um, girl, isn't it? Third girl. Third girl. Girl dead. Yep. Three for three on the girls. I would have been fine with another girl. Yeah. I, I only wanted, you know, I'm, I'm good with the boy because I was like the last of my namesake. But now you. So now I'm like, all right, pressure's on you, man. Like, yep. Exactly. Those are my dad did the same thing. Like, I had my one son. I'm done. But um, 
I, you know, I really like having a little daughter. So yeah. I was like, if we had a second one and you have a cool kid, like my kid's awesome. So why wouldn't I like her? But, you know, found out it's a boy. I'm not disappointed. I love that little, love that little man. I talked yep. to him. Get on his belly. I said, "We're gonna crush the fucking Eagles this week." <laughs> I said, the Eagles are shit. I said next week we got the Giants. We're gonna crush the fucking Giants. <laughs> I start whispering to him. Yeah, <laughs> it's like this time next year we'll be watching these games together, man. Well, that's awesome, man. And shout out to Eric. Congrats. Uh, um, can't wait to have you back in the office. Yeah, and Eric, I'm sorry. I know you really want to play Destiny, but you know, I want to play Destiny too. Also with you, it's just hard to get time. Hard to sit down and be like, you know kind of zone out from my family so I can play. Even though it's a fun game. I'll give you that, man. We're, we're going to get down on it sometime. We will play. <clears throat> All right. Uh, yeah, so congrats, Eric. And also, Matt really wants to take you to that Chinese buffet that you always go to. No, Matt, I don't. Matt's been talking about it nonstop. No, I don't. <laughs> Just ask for him any, one for more time. For reference, there is a Chinese buffet in town <laughs> that literally, I'm not lying, This it almost killed somebody. <laughs> they had a million dollar lawsuit against him and eric and his gutter palette i did get enough i of sold it. my soul one day I, I was like dude i need this project out i really don't want to deal i was like all right eric i'll make you a deal if you do this project for me i will go to the buffet and because i know he's gonna listen it wasn't as bad as i thought i just didn't eat the rice i didn't eat any rice i just ate orange chicken the orange chicken was pretty good. That's about I, the bare minimum. You but could I did, do there. I did find a good Chinese spot in Ferris of all places. It was legit. It was good, and I'm pretty harsh critic on, critic on Chinese food, as you as you could tell. But um, yeah, nothing's been going on with me. Just work. Um, well, what's the name of the restaurant? Uh, Star Chinese Cafe in Ferris, Texas. In Ferris, right on the square. I mean, you can't. Miss I'm, I'd go, I, I just never go out that way because it is kind of out of the way for us. You and know? neither do we. But um, I was on Facebook. I don't know when it was, but somebody asked for rec- asked for recommendations for good Chinese food, and everybody's like the wall, um, Rice Box Express here, Rice is pretty Box, good. Um, and then one person was like, "Star Chinese Cafe in Ferris, you won't find better Chinese food." And, and you I was clicked like, his picture, and he's just some huge fat guy. And you're like, <laughs> "This guy knows what's up." <laughs> no, I, I didn't click, but I I googled it uh, immediately, and it had like four and a half or five stars, and everything looked good on the picture. So we went on Friday and. They charge you eighty five cents for an egg roll. I buy about five of them. Yeah, the egg drop soup is fantastic. Um, I had Mongolian beef. It was really good, really fresh. Um, I think Lauren she got some fried rice or something like combo fried rice. It was good. Um, Landry got sweet and sour chicken because it's basically just Chinese chicken nuggets. <laughs> of um, Classic Landry yeah, with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was good. So uh, yeah, so we found a. A uh, good little Chinese spot. Well, since we're talking food, I'll quick shout out. We went to that jalapeno lemon pepper off 287. It's good, right? That was very solid. We're, we were trying to go back tomorrow with Claire's family. because so we went with Saturday, so, you know, a week ago um, from yesterday with my family for my mom's birthday. Because my mom's birthday was this week, so we went during the weekend. Dude, it was really good. That's good to hear because their original location's in Midlothian. So I was wondering... If there would be like any drop off of quality, like I mean, I couldn't. I don't have a locations, and it was like you know good prices. They brought out like bean dip with Dude, the, the salsa. Bean dip is bean dip's solid, good. yeah. And the waiter was like a really nice guy, like mm. joking. Like usually, I'm like you know minimal talk, but he just had that, that kind of personality yeah. where you're like you know couldn't help but like kind of respond to him. And yeah, 
you know, good people. I think they had like a stage out back. Look, like they mm-hmm. had like a platform, like where you could, and then like bench seating. So I was like, I'm pretty sure you can go outside and like listen to music. Right. They don't have their liquor license yet, so they're basically giving away free margaritas. Oh, so they brought like that, they brought dude. a table full of margaritas, and Claire's just hammering them back. <clears throat> good for. Her. <laughs> oh, wait, wait a second. That's not good. I was about she did Good for you. I, I I can't drink margaritas, man. They've given me the worst heartburn. So I just gave my. I think my mom drank them all. To be honest, good for her then. Yeah, my mom had a good time. Uh, but yeah, nothing really going on. Um, just work. Uh, I know. I don't know. Probably about six months ago, I tossed out. Toss, I was tossing around the idea of going back to grad school and getting my master's. Finally pulled the trigger on that. Really? So I applied, got accepted. So starting in January, I'll be going back to school. Um, in person? No, online. For it'll be A and M commerce. A and M commerce. Yeah. yeah, it'll be a hundred percent online, just like my bachelor's. So I just want to. I just want to add some more value to myself uh, when it comes to my employer now and then, or, you know, in the future. Um, oh, that'll definitely help out. Yeah. So I discussed it with them. I was like, hey, look, this is what I'm thinking about doing. You know, do you, do you think it's a good move? Would it help me here? And they're like, oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, we they value education. So, um, so I think I'm going to go back and, well, I don't think I am going back. Um so I'm going to start that in January. Um, really, other than that, just work and family, and that's about it. About it for me, too. I didn't I didn't have a real exciting break from this the last time we talked. Seems like it wasn't that long of a break, though, was it? I think it's been about a month. Fuck, really? We're not, we're not doing good. Well, we, we covered week one because we took a shell over Zerline. Okay, so oh, so maybe it was, maybe and it was, it was three it was weeks. It was going into week, yeah, so it was about three weeks, which is, you know, while we, we always say, like, can't wait to be back and do this again. Yeah. And then then it's like shit happens and yeah. So we'll figure um, it out. You know what? You get what you get. You don't don't throw throw a fit. fit. Exactly. All right. So let's get in to junk mail. And our first story, if you haven't heard, um, there is a, well, it was started out as a missing persons case, and it's now since turned into a a uh, a murder and a manhunt, um, but it is the Brian Laundry and the Gabby Petito, um, I don't know what you, a case, I guess, the oh, Gabby yeah. Petito case, but uh, basically, um, it was a boyfriend and girlfriend, um, she had went missing, um, and her boyfriend, Brian Laundry had driven across the country without her in her van. And, uh, you know, it kind of, the whole country was tuned in at that point. Yeah. Um, but once you start seeing like footage, I saw one, they were in Utah mm-hmm. and you could tell like something was wrong, but they couldn't just get like a straight up answer. Like of the situation, it's kind of like one of those things where the cops are like, Hey, if no one's bleeding or, you know, nothing's bad, it's like, this is just a dispute. Like y'all. Two adults, like, y'all need to handle it. Of course, they didn't know what was really happening, that she would probably, you know, yeah. be dead in a few days. And you know those cops would got to have been just sick. Yeah. You know, they, you know we had But at the same team. time, it's like, it's just... How do you know? Yeah. It's like, you know, it just seemed like a regular... Just Like I said, nobody was, like, bleeding. If she felt in fear for her life, she could have said something, had the opportunity, but she didn't. So, just, like, the cops were like, okay, and then let him go. And then, what, the body was found in... Um, well, first, so then, the weird thing was how he just, like, leaves without her and he's like yeah i haven't seen her in a long time i'm gonna head back to florida mm-hmm. and act like nothing you know 
nothing happened and people are like well where the where, where is she like so can't that, just leave without her well, yeah and then the fbi uncovered her remains at a wyoming campsite yeah so the video we saw in utah they went up to wyoming because didn't they convert that van to like be a living van? like a, yeah they were kind of on the road in like a you know tiny home van situation yeah. um so they found her remains at a wyoming campsite and then laundry snuck off into the night um and there's, you know, when this kind of stuff happens, we're true crime fans, so we we hear it all the time, or we we listen to podcasts about it. All these rumors and stories and tips come out. Apparently, like the day before all this happened, like the Brian Laundry's family had a camp had reserved a campsite for three people, and then the next day they canceled and or they revised it for four people. Um, the FBI has been all over their house pulling boxes and boxes of evidence out. Um, yeah, his whole family's got to, you know, if not be involved somehow, it's like, um, was it harboring a fugitive mm-hmm. or you know, aiding and abetting? Aiding and abetting, yeah. They did something because he came back and then they were just like, he's like, oh, we're not taking any questions. It's like, guys, this is like a murder case. You don't just get to like say yeah, no to the press. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, before they could get him. Um, but in, now a new development has. Arised. Arisen. Arisen. Arosen. Arose? There you go. Okay. Uh, are you familiar with one Dwayne Chapman, otherwise known as Dog? You're talking about Dog the, the Bounty, Bounty Hunter? Hunter? Hell yeah. So he has joined the search. Oh, it's over. After friends, uh, friends, fans, and family urged him to get involved, he said. <laughs> um, so... Uh, let me see. We should um, say this is after the boyfriend just like vanished, you know? Yeah. Um, so he said something stood out about this case. His daughter, Barbara Katie Chapman, died in a rollover car crash in Alaska near Fairbanks. Near her, her Fairbanks home in 2006 when she was 23. Petito was 22. Mm. Uh, quote, because I lost a daughter about the same age, I know what the parents feel like, Chapman told Fox News. And you want justification. You want the guy behind bars. Uh, Francie, uh, Francie Chapman, the bounty hunter's wife, also noted that she and her husband had been widowed and said that that played an emotional role in uh, getting them involved in the case. Um, but I think the family turned him away. Well, yeah, he's probably looked like a maniac coming he's up there maniac. and hanging on the door going, dog's here, dog's on the case. Hey, dog's here. And dude, if you see if you see this, like he... He has not aged well. Dude, his mullet is fantastic. Okay, maybe me, he did. And let me see if I can play this uh, audio real Oh, quick. man, we got some dog audio? I don't Let me see. God, me I see. hope so. Buffering is not good. Pizza. Okay. <laughs> that's an ad that's an ad but yeah i think i think he got turned away let me see if this will work now oh this is him knocking on the door yeah frantically yeah he was beating the shit out of that door dude yeah why why they turned him away oh they got people taking pictures You're going to have to keep doing commentary because I can't see what's going on. Sorry. No, he's just, he's knocking on the door. And now he's talking to somebody like off to the side of the house. Now he's walking over to the side of the house. Yeah, he probably didn't even get a face-to-face like meeting with the family. Uh, looks like he's talking to a neighbor. He's talking to the neighbor. He's got it. They've got it all caution taped off. 
grass this morning. Alright, there's not a whole lot here. Um, I thought I have a good name, though, for the case. What's that? The Dog Days of Summer. The Dog Days of Summer. <laughs> if only he was given a chance, oh, man. man. It could have been like a great episode title. Oh, man. Um, so, yeah, so Dog dog Bounty Hunter, he's dog, he's on the call, case. You know, if you ever hear this, call in. Yeah, call in. Give us a call. Give, give us, us a five-star rating. Give us your side. Um, but he says that he's close. Um, I'm pulling up an article now, uh, from close the New York to, post to find him. Yeah. Find the guy? Uh, dog, the bounty hunter is working <clears throat> to confirm tip about Brian Laundry's uh, location. He had a quote that, uh, he had a quote that he was within a day of him. Um, yeah. Cause you know, as soon as they, I think he disappeared before they even found the body, which is such a weird case for him to come back. You know, act like nothing was wrong, but he doesn't have the person he was with. Won't even talk to anybody. You know, it's. I mean, I don't see why they didn't fucking arrest that guy immediately when he was just like going into his parents' house. It's like you know something was up. If someone yeah. went out, you know, like if that was Elizabeth and she didn't come back, I'd be like, this piece of shit was the last one to see yeah. her. Like y'all need to talk to him. Yep. And now what I've heard is he's like a survivalist and he could be like on a twenty five thousand dollar or not dollar acre lot somewhere, like you know, roughing it. Like probably in a, I mean it's Florida. You could be in the Everglades, or you could be in a. Well, I just saw a video of Dog the Bounty Hunter wading through. He's like chest deep in water, like uh, wading through some swamp or some shit. We gotta post that picture. We gotta get more dog on this <laughs> podcast. We need more dogs. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, it says dog tracked the laundry family to a campground in Fort Desoto Park, which was later confirmed by public records that la- that showed Laundry's mother Roberta checking into site zero zero one. Between September 6th and September 8th, after Gabby Petito was last seen or heard from. Um, so, yeah. Uh, dog is on the case, is, along with, you know, probably tons of more qualified people. Um, <laughs> yeah, very more But, yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. I just don't see how a guy just disappears. I mean, unless he is some he kind of, like, help. Bear grills type survivalist and he's out there and, you know, just really living off the land and just and if surviving. That, and he could die, and they won't know, you know, and, like, maybe even find his body. It could just be, like, this big mystery. But it's just a sad story because at the end of the day, like, a woman's dead. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, the parents, he did hit it on the head, you know. I, they want closure. Um, so, um, but, yeah. So, that's Gabby Tito case. It's still ongoing. So yeah, we can we give, like, updates, an update. Yeah, yeah. We'll, We'll give it. Uh, we'll give it on the next episode. And before before I move on, and I forget. Um, so you watched um, the Sopranos prequel uh, yeah. movie, and what was it called? The Mini Saints of Newark. Yeah. Are you just channeling your inner uh, mobster with the pinky ring? Oh, you like that? Yeah. You, you've got a gold pinky ring on right now. Yeah. Uh, I've had it before. This is a new one because I lost my other one. It's the most boss ring I could possibly wear. You look like you're you're channeling, you know, Tony Soprano. You have a second one? I got you one, dog. No way. It's got to go in the pinky, though. Of course. Oh, I want to. I'm going to start a... I'm going to add it to the gift bag. You need a bigger one? I can get you one because that's going to be an extra one then. So we're going to... That's going to be... That's going to be a part of the uh, the gift bag we give out for people. So we'll have the fanny pack. Oh, man. A little bottle of whiskey, the MacGruber, and a fucking gold pinky ring. All right, so let's move on to our second story. Um, are you a fan of spaghetti? 
I am afraid of spaghetti. Yes, I am. I like I like meat sauce over meatballs, though. Who doesn't like a good spaghetti meal, spaghetti dinner? Mm, if you're in Detroit, I have luck for you because Eminem has opened a restaurant called Mom's Spaghetti in Detroit. <laughs> what took them so long, man? That, that's been sitting there since like 2008. Yeah, it's been just waiting to be opened. So, or 2002, excuse me. So the uh, this is an article from man, NPR. Uh, it says rappers Eminem sem- rapper Eminem's seminal song "Lose Yourself" from the 2002 film Eight Mile" has likely inspired many listeners and artists with its urgent and motivating 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 lyrics. And now it has also inspired a pasta restaurant thanks to this memorable memorable line: "His palms are sweaty, knees weak, arms are heavy. There's vomit on his sweater." Already, Mom's Spaghetti. A new restaurant called Mom's Spaghetti opened in the artist's hometown of Detroit on Wednesday. The concept restaurant is actually the result of a partnership between Eminem's team and a local restaurant group, and it started up as a pop-up shop in 2017. Mom's Spaghetti has made appearances at several Eminem festival performances since and has delivered food to frontline hospital workers and COVID-19 vaccinators in Detroit uh, during the coronavirus pandemic. Paul Rosenberg, Eminem's manager, said in a statement that the response from fans has been overwhelmingly positive, calling the previous pop-ups really a test for us to determine whether there was enthusiasm for a regularly occurring Mom's Spaghetti spot that would be open all year long. Well, duh. It's yeah. Eminem in Detroit. Let's say, I love that it's in Detroit, too. Like, everything they do, you know, it's, like, for where they're from. So, keeping it there in Detroit, giving it out, you know, ho- hooking people up, like, frontline workers and all that. Like, Eminem's just a good guy. He's, like, he's like an asshole, but he's also such a good person. <laughs> and, if he, and if you're from Detroit, he's your asshole. Yeah. So, let me like, see. Like, fuck Kid Rock. Who wants to claim Kid Rock? We got Eminem. Let me see if I can get this audio to play if it's not another disaster like the last one. <laughs> it's a, it's a Guess what is ready, Detroit? Mom's Spaghetti is coming to 2131 Woodward Avenue. Want some road pasta after the game? Got that. Meatballs? You know we got that. What about the Sketty Sandwich? Mom's got that too. Get ready to get some Mom's Spaghetti, Detroit. Opening in the alley next to Union Assembly this September. 313-888-8388. Mom's Spaghetti. It's all ready. Ready, 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 ready. That, that seemed more like an SNL short that than, seems than an like, actual commercial. That seems like it was shot for public access television <laughs> in the early 90s. Yeah, on a $0 budget. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> it says a local commercial helped get the word out ahead of the re- restaurant's grand opening on Wednesday evening. The Detroit Free Press reports that many fans camped out all day for a spot in line, which later stretched for blocks. Um, I didn't do that. I, think on, that, I didn't that, do that on purpose, that but that your... actually worked out. Um, so let me see. Uh, you can get your just your regular spaghetti is $9. If you want to add some meatballs, spaghetti with meatballs, which on the menu it says spaghetti with balls. It's twelve dollars. I gotta see the size of those balls, though. They're probably pretty big. Big balls, big balls. Well, that'd be uh, worth it then. Spaghetti with vegan balls, fourteen dollars or eleven dollars for a spaghetti sandwich. And we saw the spaghetti sandwich, and it looks good. So they have to like probably infuse it with like cheese or something to hold it so together. It's probably two pieces. I think I read this in another article. Two pieces of Texas toast, and they press. They put the spaghetti in, and they kind of press it like a panini. Yeah, and then yeah, it's it, good. it. It looks better than what I thought when I just yeah. Heard the I term. pictured. I pictured like your normal bread. I was like, dude, it's gonna be all soggy and falling apart. Of course, I'm not, you know, smart enough to realize like they would press it. 
But it looked um, good, man. It and then pretty good. And then uh, they advertised pop, which I, you know we call down here in Texas. Anything is a Coke. Yeah, so that like is weird. It's Mountain Dew, Pepsi, Dr. Pepper, doesn't matter. Can I get you a Coke? Yeah, pop sure. just sounds kind? like something like my grandma said when she was a kid. It's a very Yankee thing. Uh, pop for $3 or water for $3. So Water's $3? Water's $3, $3, dog. Dang, Marshall. So uh, Hopefully it's not that much in Flint if they open up a spot. That'd just be, <laughs> you know, double fuck you to those guys. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so yeah, so uh, if you're ever in Detroit and you want to... Uh, when I first saw that, I was like, I'm just so happy that he... First, that he owns a restaurant, and I saw him, like, working it. He's hanging out the window, and he looks so serious, like, blank face, but he's giving, like, somebody the middle finger, and I'm like, good for you, Marshall. Dude, it's so good. And the fact that it's mom's spaghetti, like, he just... You know, it was it was perfect. It had to be. So I'm happy for him. Not that he that's gives like, a shit about That's me. like, how come Jerry Rice... Had- didn't yes. come out with Jerry's rice. Exactly. Thank you. I've been saying that for years. And it was in that's where um what's that rice company that's it's not Uncle yeah. Ben's? No, it's the one that's in a box that you know it actually has to like simmer and cook. Yeah, pasteroni. Pas- yeah, it's like a, it's like a riceroni. Riceroni, yeah. That's a it's a San Francisco based company. I was like, dude, you could have par- you could have partnered with them and opened Jerry's rice. You could have nah, ruled the market, man. I would have eaten Jerry's we're rice. Just, all I'm saying is we came over there and we're just two idiots behind a mic. I don't I don't see how that was missed, but he probably opened a dealership or something like every athlete. Okay, I'm sure he's worth tons of money. He doesn't need us. Um. All right, so that's it for the junk mail segment. Uh, and with that, let's move on to Mount Rushmore. And like I said in the opening, season 23 of Big Brother just ended the finale. Uh, the finale was, what, Sunday? Yep. A week ago? I kept thinking like no Wednesday. Yes, it was Wednesday because it was like the day after my mom's birthday. It was right? Wednesday. Um, so I kept thinking tonight. I was like, "Oh, we can watch big." Uh, no, no, can't, no, we no, can't. It's sad. Um, so we're gonna give our our list of our uh, our biggest or or best Big Brother villains or assholes. Everybody, are you ready to talk about Big Brother? Oh, adorable! Thanks, thanks Ellie. Thank and you. And we are ready to talk about Big Brother. Yeah, <laughs> we should just say like. The reason we first thought of this, and we can go over it, and I guess we can just make this bleed over into like a recap of the... Yeah, yeah. But this all started with um, Final Four eviction of Kyland, when he just went like straight below the belt to Xavier, who was um, basically the one who got him evicted. And just for context, Xavier has a brother who recently died like in May of he this passed year. Right before, shortly right before, before he went into yeah. the house. And his brother had a son named Kobe that, you know, needed for Kobe Bryant. And so Xavier, you know, without a doubt, it's got to be like a father figure to this kid now. So it's more than a nephew. It's like a son to him. So when he got evicted, when Kylan got evicted, first of all, he was wearing, uh, Kylan was wearing a ring of Derek's and he slipped, I showed you that video. He slipped slipped the ring off off and put it in his pocket because he knew he was going home. So he stole a a ring that Derek, that was Derek's that his father gave him and his father's now dead. So he's like taking a shit on two people there, stole that guy's ring. And then he gets up and like, it was a tense moment, dude. We'll just, we'll just, I got to talk about this now because we've been holding it in. He was like, just went straight below belt and was like, you know, what would Kobe do? You know, he's like, what, what? he's like, you, you know, you talk about Kobe and what does Kobe have to look up to? Yeah. Cause at first yeah. you're like, well, maybe he's talking about Kobe Bryant. Cause what would Kobe Bryant do? He would face the challenge. He would face the challenge head on. But then he said something about like, you know, your nephew's not going to have a role model. He doesn't have a positive influence. And, and when he did that, uh, bro. X took one step forward. And every time I, I went back and watched it, like every time he said Kobe's name, he took like a half step. But he put his hands st- behind his back too, which was an- smart. Another half step forward. And 
it was super tense and Julie, you could hear it in Julie's voice over the speaker. She was getting, and I was listening to, to the winter circle and Cody and Derek were like, it's not like they have big security guys and they do have security, but they're like often like the wings, you know, Cody. And, uh, I think Cody was like, it would take them a good 30, 45 seconds for them to get to where they are. And a lot can happen in that time. I think Derek, I think Derek F though, being the big boy, he is would have separated. He probably could have got in there and really kind of held him down. That's what he was. Until, I heard an interview. Yeah. On, Cause he, does, he bench presses 500 and he probably squats. Seven. I don't believe that. Well, nobody that's would. Bench. That's true. He just said he does that. I should say. And he also said he was a con. He, he was, he'd <laughs> made a lot of big moves. <laughs> nobody with bitch tits like that benches 500. Okay. And, and no one like that. Like he was just so delusional, but back to Kylan. You so know, yeah, it was, it was just like a scum. Cause you, like you said, you can talk, you can talk shit, big brother. But when you go personal and you talk about like you know if I that was me and that was my dead brother you're talking about my dead brother and the person who I'm now raising as a son you know because of this because of that passing it was just such a low blow and I heard him say too like Kylan knew like again we heard I saw this report that like he later said in an interview he knew that if he got evicted he already thought like what can I say to Xavier that would just cut right through him how do I get to that you know, that low blow. And he was like, I knew if I brought up his nephew and it's like, damn, the dude. fact that that's premeditated. Yeah, And I was like, I could see like in a heat of a moment, you say some dumb shit, you know, we've all done it. And you're like, you want to take it back. He premeditated. What can I say? That's going to just kneecap this guy. And it's going to, cause he wanted him probably a reaction. Like, cause if you throw a punch, if you get physical, oh, you're, you're done. Out. You're done. That's why Xavier was just like, you know, he put his hands behind his back. He stepped up because Xavier knew he won. Yeah. He got out the biggest threat. He was sitting next to a couple of schmucks that he could just. I, I think the way Kylan played throughout the season, I think he had two HOHs. One of them was a disastrous HOH. I still think he had the votes the way he did uh, Sarah Beth because Sarah Beth even mentioned in the jury roundtable oh, she that, hated him. that she was like, there were a lot of, of unnecessary lies. And then there was another part because I discovered Big Brother Reddit. There was another uh, instance in the live feeds, and then they maybe they might have shown it, but like Kylan pressured SB to tell her, tell him like a personal, like some personal information that she she tried to say, oh, I don't want to talk about it, and like, he just kept on and kept on it. I think it was about her dad because I think her dad passed or he something. Did. He died of like COVID complications. Yeah, or something a year so like ago. he kept going and like kept until she finally like relinquished and f- told him. So I I think. X would have be- beaten Kylan. Yeah, because anyway. I thought Sarah Beth was his biggest ally. And when she was even like, you know, the things he's done to me. And yeah. I was yeah. like, oh, shit. Like, I thought they were like best friends in the house. And turns out she fucking hated them. Yeah. So, but that um, that conversation probably birthed one of the greatest lines in Big Brother history. Oh, because it. right at the end, Julie's over the speaker saying, Kylan, you got to go. Yeah, Kylan, she's getting you worried. Go. You can tell. You she's, can like, tell. she's like, Kylan, come out right now. Like, yeah. You have to leave the house. Yeah. And then. X cold as ice stares him in the eyes and was like, "Julie's waiting on you. Walk." Mm-hmm. And I was because they do they do an exit interview immediately. They walk yeah. out and he the fact that he was like, "Yeah, Julie's waiting for you." Walk just a fucking G move, dude. He's a deserving champion. Yeah. Uh, so just played. get ahead of ourselves. Uh, Xavier won. Uh, he won the final HOH. He just killed it, dude. He really took like the page of Derek Lavasser's strategy. Won when he had to, stayed low, and then at the end just turned it on. And I think a lot of people don't give him credit for kind of keeping the cookout not together, but there were there were times where like Tiffany and Big D didn't get along. 
And he, he was always the calm, level-headed. And he's like, hey, let's keep our eye on the prize. Yeah, you know. Yeah, he kept. The, he kind of kept. The, he was the glue that kind of kept everybody yeah, together. Was. If something was going to fracture, he was always there to kind of, to kind of nurture it and get everybody back on track. So, uh, big props to him. I'd love to see him come back. You know, I know we just did an All Stars, but man, he's, yeah, they'll probably they'll give it a few years. And they'll do an All Star. He's got. He's got a. He's he's uh, he's up there. I'm not going to say he's on the Mount Rushmore of champions, but he he played a great game. Um, and we should say he he beat Derek F nine to zero. Yeah, it was, it was a clean sweep, which we predicted. We we're like, if he takes either one of them, like he if he got out Kylan and he took Aza, Aza probably would have got like Brittany's vote. Yeah. But I was like, if he takes Derek F, which is a got, smart he, thing to do, because Derek's done nothing but nap and give sass to everyone all mm-hmm. summer. Even though he's delusional enough to think he was good. Like, did you hear him on Winter Circle? Yeah. He really thought like, oh yeah, I thought I had one of the greatest social games of all time. I was like, dude, you were an asshole. Like you would give you would give arguments with people all the time. No. So nine to nothing. It's good to see a clean sweep. And I'm very happy for Xavier. Yep. And for Kobe. Hell yeah, Kobe. Yeah. Fuck you, Kylan. So that's what started this list. I was like, Kylan is such a piece of shit. We should make a list of other pieces of shit. Yeah, yeah. all right. Um, and, no, and I should say, very few other people on this list got as personal as he did. Because no, you can never. talk game. You know, you can say everything you want. But as soon as you start talking about somebody's family, and that goes in just life in general. Yeah. You know, it's not just Big Brother. You start talking about someone's life or family and getting too personal, that's when shit could get real, real quick. And let me get this off, uh, off my – let me say this before I forget it, but – I've gotten a unique perspective because I was watching other seasons concurrently with this season. It seems like the game, it seems like people have the game figured out and the players are too good now. I I think they really need to do a retool or a tweak or rework the format somehow because, or maybe cast differently because it seems like back in the day, like season two, you know, obviously like two and three, but even like 10, 11, 12, 13, there was a lot more drama. There was, people weren't so worried about, you know, getting killed on the internet. People, yeah, they would go after people. Really they would, that. they would be ruthless. And now you've got everybody, oh, I'm just going to, I'm not going to ruffle feathers. I don't want to rock the yeah. house. And back, it just, it was so much better. Social media ruined it, it because was, now they don't want to be like, I don't want my image to be, um, you know, tarnished in any way after this, because after this, I could get a sponsorship deal on, or I could be an influencer. So I want to be nice as possible. And it's like, well, then you shouldn't go. You should, you should go on like. But that's know, where Price that's is right. That's where they're in this catch. Kylan was on Price is Right. I saw that little yeah. piece of shit. Um, but that's where I like just calling him a piece <laughs> of shit. I'm just gonna keep calling. That's him where that. production is kind of in this pickles. Where you know, I think if you don't want influencers and you don't, the type of people that lend themselves to being on big brother who have three months to, to basically throw away are people with higher paying jobs or people with vacation time, you know, your blue collar workers, your every day. Like, I know I couldn't go on the show. I couldn't. I couldn't. I'll hold it down. I couldn't chance CBS. I, I will glad, but you know accept. what I mean? Like I think people, uh, more blue collar, normal people can't, take that three month chance and lose Especially their job and, and bills and, you know? and all that. So you've got to go for a little bit higher. I don't want to say higher class. Cause that's not like, I guess like higher tier of like employment, you know, people. Well, and some of those people are young enough. Like I guarantee you, some of them probably still live with a relative well, or something. Derek X does. A lot of them are students. Yeah. Like student, like yeah. student aged. Yeah. Like I'm sure Chris, I could see Christian living in a basement. I think he know? does live. 
Because it's because he's from the Northeast, not like he's some creepy guy. Although there is this picture of him afterwards, and I made the comment on Reddit because it looks like he is sniffing Alyssa. It probably is. That's what everyone said. Like he probably is sniffing her. Like yeah, yeah, good point. Probably cut a lock <laughs> out of her hair while she was looking. <laughs> it's so creepy. And then he and took then all he, the hair from the season. Yeah, completed a doll. A doll. <laughs> exactly. I was like, he took that locket, put it with all the other hairs, and completed the um, doll. I just, I would like to see some kind of retool. Like I know you can't get around alliances. Uh, you can't ban alliances, but it seems like if alliances are good, I like alliances. Not if they're eight or six people. Yeah, but and how, they how ru- are you gonna how are you gonna regulate exactly? That? And they run the house until it's their you know final. Especially six. what sucks is if it's people you don't like, and, and they're, they're running the house, and I'm like, I fucking can't stand these people, and they're just gonna keep winning. Yeah, so, so yeah, I, I know what you mean. It, it can it can take over the house, and it can ruin a season. And if you don't have strong players on the other side, they're just gonna steamroll. Mm-hmm. Like on twenty three, like Cody, Enzo, Nicole, uh, that little that little group of, they had Christmas, they steamroll, and yeah. I just got through triple eviction, so now they're gonna have to start taking shots at each other. But um, I just think it needs some kind of retool or we work, rework, maybe change the HOH rules where I don't. Maybe you have to have um, maybe for your nominees, maybe you have to have a, another competition, the nominee competition where. The two last people coming in, the two last place people are nominees automatically. So if yeah. you don't perform in the comp, you know, you can't rely on, I don't know. I don't know. I just feel like somebody out there is smarter than me that could retool this game and, and give it some new life. Because the older seasons were were a lot more interesting, in my opinion. Oh, they're definitely getting more and more dull, for <clears> sure. I, th- I just think the, the, player, the game players that they're bringing in, are, they know the game, they study the game. You know, I know they try to cast people that don't don't watch. Yeah, now they get recruits, which kills me. Yeah, so it's people like you would look good on TV. Yeah, so you should watch one season on Paramount Plus and then come be on the show. And they give them a season to watch because they're sequestered for like two Derek's weeks in a hotel. Was, and he said yeah. like, "Oh, I, I've watched two seasons." They watched sixteen. I think they gave him sixteen, which is I don't know if it's a good example to give them. Who won that one? Derek Lavasser. Oh yeah, he killed it. Him yeah. And Cody. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's get into this uh, Mount Rushmore. I'm gonna let you go first. Yeah, we should probably be quick. Cause people are gonna be like already turning this off. <laughs> um, I went with, and I hate the way she spells her name, so I'm just gonna give her shit. Aaron A A Y A A R Y N. Yeah. What season was Aaron she on? Rise, uh Fifteen. She was the one that was. Very, she was a blonde. She was very racist and very homophobic. Oh my god! To yeah. the point where they, they CBS started putting disclaimers just up before every beginning. episode, just just say like CBS does not agree with you know like who the the contestants' views and right, saying how right, you know this yeah. is a lot. This is recorded yeah. live, twenty four hours, and just I mean it's bad enough that you're racist, but why are you going to go on TV and tell everyone you're racist? I guess you, what I should say is just don't be a fucking racist, right? Like, but yeah, she looked terrible. Like coming out of that, like everyone knew how big of a piece of shit she was. So she was. A that's big what piece I put on there, shit. just because she, you know, it got so bad. I've never had them seen them have put a disclaimer. Aaron, up. Okay, I'm looking at her now. I remember and she's that was from, the one she was from like San Marcos. Yeah, and she seemed so nice. And then once you get in the house, and it's like, oh my god, listen to what she's saying right now. That was the one with uh, Amanda McCray. McCranda. McCranda. Yep. <laughs> it was a good good duo. And Andy won it. Yeah, Andy ended up winning. Andy. It. Um, who was like the ultimate wild card, like him and Ian, like I would have never thought. And then yep. what's his name? Uh, Steve, Steve, Steve mm-hmm. or Steve, Steve. It's like sometimes a quiet little nerd just sneaks mm-hmm. up on you. And at the end, but Ian was great. Ian smart. Ian smart. When Ian he got- cut, when he cut Dan after that, I was like, dude, that is the most 
Dan move you could have made, bro. Like even Dan was like, like congratulations, good job. And Will was on that season too, right? Wasn't that Will Boogie was in that season with them? Yeah, because mm-hmm. they brought back like mentors. So he yeah. took down like Will Boogie. That's one guy. I'm sorry, Mike Boogie. I'm thinking Doctor Will. He took down Boogie and Dan in one year. It's like well, he him took and down Dan two. were in the final. He took yeah. Okay, so he beat Dan. He, he beat took Dan. down Boogie and then he beat Dan. It's like bro, he beat that might Brit- be one of the greatest and, seasons ever. And I think Brittany. Oh, it was Brittany from 12 and, uh, crap, um, Janelle. Janelle was also in that season. Janelle's really good. Yeah. She, I told you, she's one yeah. of, she would be on my Mount Rushmore. Yeah. All right, but let's go, because I feel like people are going to. Okay. Uh, eyes are rolling out of their heads <laughs> my, right now. My, uh, my first one is uh, Jesse, Mr. Pectacular from season <laughs> 10 and 11. Mr. Um, I stand in a mirror and jack off to myself. Dude. They and CBS, you know he's done this. You know CBS he's done milked that cow. Like they brought him back on like 12, oh, 13, yeah. 14, 15 to do toast comps mm-hmm. or or whatever. I'm like, dude, this guy is not that interesting. Like he's a big somebody dumb. at CBS loved him because you're right. They would bring him back for like little guest appearances and they'd be like, cool. There's like his there's gameplay. Jesse. His gameplay in ten sucked. Like he was terrible. He came back on eleven for redemption. He, I don't. He might have made it to jury. Wasn't there one season? Not ten, but where his like ex girlfriend was on there, like some blonde girl. No, I don't remember. Maybe. Anyway, uh, Jesse sucked, and then she was like, "Yeah, he's an asshole." Jesse I should sucked. say Jesse's on my honorable mention. So let me piggyback off of that. I just put he. I thought he was a good game player with a target. He always came in the way he was able to to manage, and he was kind of friendly at times. Um, but I just put major douchebag. So he was just the most narcissistic person I think that's ever been on Big Brother, and that's actually saying a lot. So <laughs> yeah. I, also, I had him honorable mention, so I'm going to go ahead and say that. Okay, what's your second one? Second one? Well, it'll be my third one because I went Kylan and then that oh, okay. Aaron. Right. Um, I'm going to go JC from 20. He was the little fella. Mm, uh, uh, Can I say that? That may be. Little, little person is correct, but little fella, I don't think that counts. Okay, well, fuck him, because when I said it's going to make it sound bad, or he, he did enough to make himself bad, I just put, I never liked him, and then later he sexually assaulted Tyler. Do you remember this? What? They showed it, you might not have saw it on the episode, they they found it on the live feeds. He would wait until Tyler fell asleep, because Tyler was a good looking guy, he's like a surfer. Of course he is. You know, yeah. he had a beautiful head of hair. He would wait till Tyler fell asleep, and he would put his hands in his pants and play with Tyler's balls and dick, and they caught him on the live feeds. He sexually assaulted that guy. He fell asleep, and he would put his hands in his pants and like play with that guy's junk. How did Tyler not wake up? Yeah. And then when they found out and like people like told him like they never did anything to JC, they let him stay on the season. I was like, imagine if a woman was asleep and you know, like somebody was like playing with her down there. It'd be like, bro, you got to get the fuck out of here. I was like, why is it okay for JC to do that to Tyler when in no situation should that be? And then on season 22 and the, like the, and the premiere, like they had a bunch of like, cause it was the 20th anniversary. They, um, they had like a bunch of alums back. Like Josh was there and JC was there too. It's crazy they brought him back, dude. I'm telling you, like they did. It was on the live feeds when people discovered Les Moonves it. Moonves probably approved that. Oh, <laughs> fuck you, Les Moonves. <laughs> All right, uh, my second one was Vanessa Russo from season 17. See, I like she Vanessa. was just played the fucking victim. She would cry, yeah. And this was more of just an annoyance, like. She was a she was a good game player, dude. That could have been her strategy though, because oh, she just she did kill it. Everything was, was her fault, or you know, just woe is me. Like, just shut the fuck up, play the game, just shut up. Um, I'll go ahead and give my third one so I can catch up to you. Uh, mine's Josh from season nineteen. He ended up winning. I had to 
put up with him all season. Yeah, he was um, so annoying. Da, 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 Getting the pans da, da, out, yeah, just he slapping would, he him around. Pans. I can't believe. I told you, people just didn't like Paul. Paul deserved to win that mm-hmm. season. Yep. Did you watch both seasons with Paul? Oh yeah. So yeah. he got runner up twice. Twice. That's why I'm like Paul got railroaded. And it I, didn't, been an I didn't want to tell you when you because well, I, li- I re-listened to an episode of ours when you were like, "What are your thoughts on Paul?" And I'm like, "He should have fucking won twice." To be honest, yeah. he definitely should have beat Josh. I think people just didn't like Paul, and they were like, "Fuck it." Let's but take how it. did they like Josh? I don't know. Josh is the type of dude that will push a dude to get in your face to the point of hitting him and be like, "Do you know who my dad is?" Yeah, uh, my uncle's an attorney or something. Or he'll like that. he'll <laughs> wait, he'll talk shit, and then run behind his boys, like. Mark should have smashed that dude, and because Mark, you're not winning. You're you've Is that got that big meathead. You've got creatine for brains, dude. Like you're not winning. Go ahead and just make it worth your while and just no, knock the shit out of pop this his dude. Head like a great Mark. Mark was a big guy. So yeah, Josh. Josh was so annoying. He I would agree. cry all the fucking time. Like, dude, get your fucking shit together. Like, One thing I like though, uh, I like. That I got from him is calling people meatballs. Meatballs, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like, you dumb meatball. Yeah, meatball. So I'll randomly call Claire like a dumb meatball if she does something. She gets the reference. Um, all right, give us your last one. Last one. It's got to be on here. You just haven't seen him yet, but it's Evil Dick. I mean, his yeah. name is Evil Dick. Yeah. He I know he won. overly, like, rude to everyone. It's like he didn't give a shit. He literally would... No, well, I shouldn't say literally... Because he didn't do this, but he would be the kind of guy that would just walk into a room with like middle fingers up and be like, "All right, assholes, which you know, like you heard that Larry Bird line. All right, which one of y'all's getting second place?" Yeah. It's like I love that line. That's something Evil Dick would do, and he just knew he was mean. He just embraced his meanness, and he fucking won, man. Yeah, he had that him. season he got with HIV. his daughter. His, oh, damn, he wasn't that bad. He wasn't out here like hurting people. He wasn't fondling balls like JC <laughs> or getting personal like Kyland. Well, he just understood. Like I think this is how you play, and like you said, people need a new way to play. Evil Dick like played it his way, and yeah, people, I'm gonna go back and watch. That and if, how can you be so rude to everyone? Because you can't win back to back HOHs. That's why you can't just run the house all summer. Yeah, you know, if you win one week, you have to sit out the next week, so you can win every other. But he ran the house, dude, and he fucking won, and everyone hated him. His dog. Oh shit, I shouldn't say anything. Um, but yeah, he, he was a good player. <laughs> And then I have a few uh, honorable mentions. I had Jackson, Mickey, that we both talked about. Yeah, Mickey's my last one. And he's kind of like Evil Dick. Like, he knew, and and Cody that we've talked about, they're just assholes, and they weren't going to change. So they just came in and were assholes, and they won. Good for them. Dude, my deal with Mickey was he did the whole my word is my bond thing, and then turn around and, like, go against his word. But the second anybody did it to him... It was he was all up in arms. Yeah, I like, hate that too. You, you can't you can't serve it if I mean you can't dish it out if you can't if you can't you know take it right. Um, and then like he was just like you know like Mean Girls like you know the term Mean the Mean Girls. Oh, he like was, he was like jock like popular like mean dude like it's common practice like oh, there's one bathroom in the house you know for for all you know could be sixteen people at you know depending on where you're at in the game. And it's common practice for people to go up and use the HOH bathroom. Mm-hmm. Well, somebody was up there, and he was like, "All right, dude, wrap it up. Time to go." He's like, "All right, I'm just washing my hands." He's like, "All right, time to go." I'm like, oh my god, you're yeah. such an asshole. I remember, I remember hearing too because on uh, they have have nots for people who don't know, and when you're a have not, like you can't take warm showers. You have this most awkward room that's like uncomfortable and you know almost impossible to sleep in. 
and you have to eat something that's called slop that looks like oatmeal, but I'm told is not nearly as delicious as oatmeal. And they said every time he was on slop or on um, a have not, he wouldn't you know go by the rules at all. He would never eat slop. He would just eat whatever food he wanted, purposely breaking these rules. And they're like producers never did anything. Usually they get drives them, me wild. If they're on the block, they usually get like a like a vote against them because I've seen that happen to Cody. Cody. Was his name Cody, the psychopath? Yeah, the cool yeah. guy with Asperger's. Yeah. He's not cool. He's pretty cool. Psycho. But yeah, he got a point. He got a penalty vote taken for him because he was a have-not and was just eating whatever. Yeah. Well, Mickey did the same thing, but I always heard nothing happened to him. Yeah. Um, I had two more if you were done. I'm done. With, I've got honorable mentions. But oh, we'll do an honorable no, mention. Mine, That's what I'm doing, too. Uh, and this one's just, he's a great player. Um, Will. From season two. Dr. Will. He's the first winner of kind of the modern, you know, the the big brother that we that so we know today. You could put in Boogie, too, and just make it Chill Town. Yeah, Chill Town. One I mean, of the, they were the just, greatest alliance. They were just like high school, you know, like that high school click. Um, but he's a great player. Um, and then Russell from season 11. He was the hothead. Russell's a douche. His brother was on um, Survivor. Survivor. He headbutted Chef Joe, which, I mean, I don't know why you would. Again, Ever. hey, immediately, okay, well, you can go home now. Yeah. That's what they're going to do to you. Yeah. It's not like you're going to get in this big fight and everyone's like, oh, man, you're so cool. Hey, why don't you be HOH this week? It's like, you dumbass, you're going home now. So, yeah, the he got the production pulled him off and sent him home immediately. Um, and then my last one is Polly, which is Cody Calafiri's brother from Again, season just 18. a douche. He's just a douchebag, a huge douchebag. Yeah. And then there was allegations of him being racist and sexist and all this stuff after after he left, but – um, I was actually rooting for Polly just because of that Cody connection. But I'm like, did did you not? You have yeah, because I like Cody as bro. You had a roadmap. Did you not listen to anything your brother told you coming into the house? Anyway, my last two. I had um, I can't remember the season he's from. I hope, maybe you've seen it now. It's like Josiah, Josiah, the dude who was a uh, what do you call it? He's Messiah. A, he's the self proclaimed most Messiah, a Big Brother Messiah, and he yeah. was evicted in week, week two. Yeah, <laughs> he was the second one out. Yeah, he just came in and was just so full of himself, and I couldn't stand it. I love those dudes because they never last. Oh, exactly. They it's never like you last. Want, you want to come in and be the big guy and you know talk tough. It's like okay, well, I think it was season twenty one. Yeah, it was Swaggy C. Swaggy, remember such a douche. Yeah, and he had T-shirts with his own fucking nickname on it. And then he brought merch for everybody else because everybody else was wearing his shit too. And then he he, he got evicted pretty soon because he didn't even make it to jury. No. What did he do? Proposed to a girl that he knew for about twenty days. They're he still together. To Bailey. They're still they're they're actually about to move to Dallas. Cringy. Don't ask me how I know that. Yeah, um, kind of weird. Last yeah. one, Derek F. I just put he's the worst runner up <laughs> ever. The worst. Nothing but naps and sass, but claims he carries players. Okay. His his speech to the um to the jury or to the jury and he was like he was trying to make his argument. They were laughing at him when he was trying to say, like, I did Dude, this yeah. and did that, and yeah. they couldn't control him no. they laughed at him. I was like, no. That's what you get, man. You did nothing but sleep and give sass. But he knew he was cooked. Like, cause you know hey, he got seventy five thousand. Fuck it. You know, like uh after they evict somebody, they always go back to the house and like the mics are still hot. When it was when they when they evicted Aza, he was like, All right, dude, just give me my seventy five K, I'm ready to go. Yeah. He I'm knew like, he knew. He knew seventy five thousand to just basically have a three month vacation is not yep. bad. All right. So that was our Mount Rushmore. Um Sorry for all you non-Big Brother guys. Dude, that probably week. went for like 30 minutes. Yeah. 
Yeah, so if you want to skip from about maybe like the thirty, you're telling them now, you dork. They just <laughs> suffered through it. They can't do. I'll put it. I'll put it in the. I'll put it in the the, the uh, description. <laughs> just if you don't want to hear about Big Brother, just skip like minute thirty five to minute fifty nine. God, it was nearly thirty minutes. Yeah, yeah. Hey, good news though. No more Big Brother. It's over until Celebrity Big Brother this February, and then we got more summer coming up. So yep. maybe we'll just do a separate Big Brother podcast. Maybe that might be like our Achilles heel, where people are like, "I can't yeah, stand I can't when they this. talk Big Brother." All right, uh, so, so we could just talk for about another hour at least. Let's do uh, pick your poison. I'm gonna let you go. You gave me the wrong cup. Oh, uh, was that movies? Yeah, my uh, pinky ring clinking. All right, Tony Montana. <laughs> Tony Montana, who the fuck is that? <laughs> Isn't that dude from Scarface? <laughs> Tony Montana? You said Montana. Uh, would you Would you rather know all the mysteries of the universe or know every outcome of every choice you make? Do mystery? Do conspiracy theories count as mysteries? Of course. Okay, then give me that one. Every All the mysteries of the universe? Yep. I want to know JFK. I want to know 9-11, chemtrails, aliens. Give it all to me. I can tell you about that, man. I know. We'll hang and We'll talk afterwards. I know you can. I think I want to know every outcome to every choice I make. So then I would know if it was a good choice or not. Like, hey, should I put uh, X amount of money on this game? Am I going to win? Yes. Okay, cool. I'm going to be. I'm gonna use that for the right. You're just going to, like, fill your head with all these terrible truths. And, you're, you know, you're going to, like. Mine's going to explode. I'm going to end up like Ted Kaczynski in a yeah, cabin. Yeah, exactly. You're going to be a cabin writing a manifesto, which, <laughs> shut up, we both have that copy. Yeah. <laughs> Disregard that FBI if you're listening. Yeah, they're probably like, this guy just brings, buys Ted Kaczynski books and pinky rings on eBay. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> Buy the most random stuff. Oh, shit. But yeah, I'm going to know the outcome of every decision I make, so I know if it's a good decision or okay. not. Okay. All right. That was a good one. That was a good one. We'll, uh, we'll stick with one this week. Uh, and with that, let's move on to our movie review segment. Uh, we watched Ace Ventura, yep. um, 1994. Did you have some fun facts for me? I do. Um, just real quick, 49% Rotten Tomatoes. That's. It was a $15 million budget, and it made 107.2. So that's really good. Um, he was Jim Carrey was credited for one of the screenwriters. I don't know if you saw that. Um, oh, this was a good one. Uh, this was notable people who they were uh, thinking about playing this because Jim Carrey, like you said, was very young. I think he was on In Living Color at the time. Yeah, so he wasn't like you know super a big young breakout star yet. They actually offered the movie first to Rick Moranis from oh, like Honey I man. Shrunk the Kids. Yeah, you know, even you know now you'll probably get that in like Spaceballs. He declined it. Then they considered Judd Nelson and Alan Rickman, which I can't see either one of them doing it. Um, but they never offered it to him. They just considered that. And then they were thinking about changing Ace to a woman, and they were going to cast Whoopi Goldberg. Oh, my goodness. So think how terrible this film could have been. Luckily, it was saved by Ace Ventura, because now we know he's just like, he's just on another level with like his energy and his... His physical acting. Yeah, his physical acting, his impersonations, and just the way he'll just like put himself out there. His faces, like the way he can yeah, torch no his face. Yeah, no one else can do that. You know, and I couldn't see Whoopi Goldberg talking with her butt at a police station. <laughs> no. You know, it's like only Jim... That's why I think I put on here somewhere, like only Jim Carrey could have played this character. All right, so let's get into it. Uh, the first scene, 
we get Ace uh, going undercover as a UPS driver, uh, and he's carrying a package, and he gives no fucks yeah, about I this package. I love how package. it's like taped up, fragile, and he's just like kicking he's the kicking shit it. out of it. He gives in the elevator, and the elevator door smashes it like three or Takes four him times. Takes about four times, and he goes, oh, sorry. <laughs> pulls it back. Um, Lines up a field goal in the hallway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the next thing I wrote down is I forgot what a great physical actor he was is because um, it's it's displayed throughout the whole movie, um, but we already touched on it the the faces the the just the physicality yeah. who do, who after watching these movies didn't like try to do a Jim and Carrie impersonation in the mirror you know and there's so many quotable lines I think I, I oh I got them right here too lines that I use to this day um, tell me what you got if you wrote them down I didn't I, write I did them the down too. Um, Lahu Zaher, yeah, like a glove. Like I, a anytime, like I, I find like a good. Oh, of course, spot you gotta say it. Like a yeah. So, um, alrighty then. Alrighty then. Yep. I liked it when I take a big deuce in the bathroom and I will open the door. Do not go in there. And Claire's like, okay. Uh, really? Yeah, these are things like we just said growing up now. Um. All right, so Ace, uh, he's undercover. He's got a package. Uh, so I guess he's going to he's going to rescue a dog, a lost dog. Mm-hmm. After he delivers the package, he steals the dog and replaces it with a stuffed animal. Animal. You know who that guy was, though. Uh-uh. That's Randall Tex Cobb. He was a heavy, he was a boxer in like really? the seventies and eighties. He's known for having one of, if not the greatest chin, which doesn't mean like he had a. Good looking chin means he, he could just take, take a punch, punch all yeah. day. They said he was never much of a brawler. He would just outlast them because he could take so many punches. Is it, is it like that Simpsons episode? Yeah, exactly. Or Homer? It's exactly <laughs> yeah. what it is. They would just like get tired. He'd wear them down, and then finally, like he would get some shots in. But he had a shot like at the title, I think. And wow. I looked it up because he was also in Raising Arizona. He was oh, okay. like the bad guy, you know, that was trying to get the baby on the motors on the motorcycle. So I knew exactly who that was, and I knew he was a boxer, but I didn't know he was known for having one of the greatest chins. Okay, no, I didn't know that. And he's um, just a terrible-looking man. He just looks so scary. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that was where he gets the dog, switches, does the old switcheroo. Switcheroo. So the owner realizes it. He ends up finding Ace, and he's just beating the shit out of his car with his baseball <laughs> bat. Um, hey, he's just having a good time, too. He's, like, making jokes. Yeah. He's like, can you validate my parking? Yeah. Alrighty then. Like, he's like, are you the- hungry, little fella? And he pulls out the ashtray. It's got kibble in there. <laughs> yeah, because the car's like flooded the engine or something. Yeah. So he's trying to yeah. get it started while this guy's just destroying his car. And if people don't know, cars used to be carbureted. So if you press the gas and you flooded the carburetor with gasoline, it wouldn't start. Uh uh, let me remember my notes. So yeah, the owner ends up finding Ace, and he just he's beating the shit out of his car. He hops on the back. There's this chase scene where he's hanging onto the back. He eventually gets rid of the guy. He gets away. Ace returns the dog to its owner, and he gets rewarded with a blowjob from Tits McGee. Jesus, I can't believe it's like on a roller coaster too, dude. And he's like hanging on to like the door frame. So that was my reference of like, so what's going on? You know, my young mind, I'm like, I guess he's having fun though, right? Yeah. Yeah, something's, I was something, like, is that how it happens? Something's going right for him. Uh, next, we go to Dolphin Stadium, and we see Snowflake the Dolphin. Uh, uh, that's the Miami Dolphins mascot being stolen. Um, uh, we find out that Ace is behind on rent. Um, he uh, He's showing up to his apartment, bags and bags of uh, animal food, <laughs> and uh, he, uh, he, 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 
runs into his landlord, and his landlord's like, hey, you're behind on your rent. He's like, you know, you're not supposed to have any pets. He says he has all that food for protein. <laughs> yeah, he's like, what's all the do- What's all this pet food for? He's like, fiber. They're fiber, yeah. Uh, so he gets uh, – he, he tells me he's on a case of a rare albino pigeon that has a $25,000 reward. Um, as soon as he finds that pigeon, he's going to get his money. He's going to get his rent. Yep. Uh, and then we get our first look at a very young Courtney Cox, and she's getting ripped a new one uh, from I'm guessing the team owner for getting snowflake or for snowflake being stolen. I was about to do like a Harvey Weinstein joke there or something, but uh, yeah, let's, let's not. No, let's no. not. Um, and then uh, you know the owner's ripping into her and her, her I guess her right hand man Roger. Um, you know the week. You know. And- Two weeks before Super Bowl. And back to where you said a long time ago, I think it was Angels in the Outfield, the owner, he seemed like a Texas oil man. Right, right. Like you're right. Every sports owner that was portrayed like in movies at that point was like an old Texas yeah. oil man. Yeah. That's um, exactly what I thought when I saw that. I was like, yeah, Matt's fucking right. Look at that guy. Yeah. Uh, the receptionist tells him that um, she hired a pet detective when she lost her dog. Mm-hmm. And so in the next scene. Highly recommends. Highly recommends. Uh, in the next scene, we see Ace almost catch the pigeon and fall off the roof. <laughs> um, and then we see uh, next we're back at the stadium. We see Ace meeting with Melissa, or uh, who's played by Courtney Cox, and getting the details on Snow- Snowflake's kidnapping. Uh, and we get a Dan Marino sighting. Yeah, um, Dan Marino did a good job in this movie. Yeah, he did. He did. Uh, so a- Ace is in the tank. Um, He's inspecting the tank and he's trying looking for clues and he finds a diamond or a jewel in the pump filter, um, so that's kind of the first lead he gets uh, on the snowflake case. Um, yeah. And then after that, he heads to the police station and Cops he's just assholes he's just getting too. heckled by the other officers. But he had such a great burn because there's like a roach walking by and the cops like you know the oh, the generic like overweight. You know, just like like asshole cop, mm-hmm. and this roach is walking by, and he steps on it, and he's like, "Oh, look, a murder case or something," and he's like, "You know, uh, he wanted him to like, you know, solve the case or something." He's like, "Well, Ace is like, well, I'd have to think that the motive would be the perpetrator got to look at the roach's mm-hmm. dick and became insanely <laughs> jealous," <laughs> which I thought was like, "Man, that's great that they put this in like a this movie that was I saw as a child." Um, yeah, just a great burn on this cop, and then he like. Forcibly, like, grabs the cop, which you couldn't do. He, like, grabs the cop and, like, shoves his face in the ground. Right, like an inch. Yeah, an inch away from from the roach. But it's like he has his arm behind his back. And I was like, pretty sure you're assaulting a cop right now in a police station. And Ace, as far as I know, isn't a police officer in any capacity. No, not at all. Yeah. um, So, and then the next note I have is Tone Loke in the house. Hell yeah. I I put pretty much the same thing. I Like, Tone Loke, all in caps. Uh, and then we get, for me, one of the most memorable or famous scenes in the in the entire movie, oh, and that's the cin- one where cinema history. Ace talking about? is talking with his ass. With all these puns, I need to ask, ask you a question. question. It's yeah. like, okay, we get it. You're talking out of your butt. Yeah, so, um, and then while Ace is talking out of his ass, we see Einhorn for the first time. That's a great name, too. Lois Einhorn. Yeah. Sounds like a hard bitch. Yeah, so. Is uh, it weird that, like, even knowing what I know now, I still look at her and I'm like, dude, Lois looks pretty good. Yeah, but she wasn't really a, that's not really a dude. No, it's not. She, but I'm just saying, even though I know like what's coming later, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I'd fuck Lois. Still hit it. <laughs> still hit it. Yeah. Um, so uh, her and Ace have this little interaction. She basically tells Ace to hit the road. And he had another line too. It's like, I'll give you a call sometime. Is your number still 911? <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. I was like, dude, Ace is just 
zinging everyone in this scene. Um, so the next scene, we're at uh, some kind of warehouse, like metal show. Dude, you and know who that was? Fun fact, yes, it's that was Cannibal, Cannibal Corpse. Corpse. Yeah. yeah, that was a heavy show. Dude, it blew my mind. As I wrote, it, which is crazy to me that they were around back then. Like, oh, they've been around for like 30 years. Cannibal already. Corpse. They've been around playing, since like the 80s. Yeah, dude, it's nuts. If you've ever heard some Cannibal Corpse songs, you were like, I would never guess that they would make a movie, like a cameo in like right. a movie with Jim Carrey. Right. Like a big Hollywood production. Yeah, like a, a legit Hollywood movie. Like Cannibal um, Corpse is brutal. And then one of the one of the next like but one, another good line is he's knocking on the door and he's like, what's the password? He's like, New England clam chowder. He's like, is that the red or the white? He's like, oh, I never remember this. He's like, white? Yes. And the door unlocks. He's like, yes. Um, meeting Woodstock. Yeah. So he goes to meet Woodstock and uh, for, you know, pumping for some info. And Ace finds out that Roger Camp, uh, who's a billionaire with a rare fish, and a rare fish collector purchased some really big equipment that, you know, a civilian, as he put it, yeah, highly wouldn't, suspicious. wouldn't wouldn't need. Um, and so Ace and Melissa head to the party, uh, and they find out Camp's having a having a uh, party or get together. So him and Melissa head to the to Camp's house to investigate. And I wrote so many little lines and details that I missed when I was younger that are just so hilarious. Um, so Ace starts snooping around, um, and he finds he finds a tank that's big enough to hold a dolphin. But in fact, uh, I guess there's a great white shark in it's there. It's got to be a great white. It's like the one from Jaws <laughs> yeah. comes at him because he's trying to. He's like, "Come on, Snowflake! He's got a little fish he's, there." Yeah, just thinking a cute little dolphin's gonna pop up. And this no, monster, it's a fucking man eater. So uh, Ace gets falls in the tank. He gets drugged around by the shark and comes out of the bathroom all wet missing half his clothes and the line he delivers the line that that you use that i use every time i drop a stinky poop in the <laughs> and then he's got like a pocket full of water and he's <laughs> and squirts water out of his pocket it's those type of things that i just i didn't catch as a child um no it was fun to rewatch for sure oh it was a great one to rewatch uh on their way out ace notices that camp uh, was wearing a ring and uh he like grabs his arm yeah and you guys say this guy walks with like a cane and a yeah, limp, limp and ace is a billionaire like look at this ring uh he's he's checking to see if he's missing a stone and then uh they go back to melissa's office and ace explains to melissa that they're looking for a 1984 afc championship ring with a missing stone yeah he figured that out real quick which yeah. makes you think like he does have like detective qualities yeah yeah <laughs> Because he knew specifically, he's looking through, and he's like, well, I'm looking for a 1984 AFC championship ring. Because it's an orange stone. Yeah, because it's missing this one stone that he found in the tank. Um, and then we get a montage of Ace, like, checking the rings of former players and coaches. Dude, I, we get every, a Don Shula sighting. Yeah, Don Shula. Um, every movie we watch, I think, has a montage, which I just, yeah. I just love it. That I'm, was a very 90s thing. It really um, was. Yeah, you're right. It was a very 90s thing. Uh, one, uh, one guy, he... Uh, he uh, pops in the shower with the towel, and he just leans his head in. Because he knows he's about to he's just get, get hit. hit yeah. He imprints the ring on his forehead, and he goes in the mirror, and he's counting the stones. <laughs> yeah. Another guy, he's trying to trying to get a look on the track, and, and the guy's running around the track, and the guy just outruns him. And then a again few moments later, you just see him douse a rag and chloroform. <laughs> like just you know, take him down, count the, count the ring. Don Shula went to go 
drops some mail in a slot and he's hiding in the mailbox and he grabs his hand. He's got one of those like monocle. Mon- he's got he's got monocle. like a monocle like uh, with a flashlight. <laughs> he looks yeah. so crazy in there. I love it. Um, and then the one guy in the bathroom, he's trying yeah. to. So the guy's holding his dick, peeing, and Ace is peering over. The guy notices and he kind of gives him like a head nod back and a wink. And Ace yeah. is like, "All right, let me just Time get out of here." And the guy follows him out. <laughs> Ace is like, "All right, I'm gonna bail on this one." So yeah, so uh, Ace is on the trail. He's trying to find. Uh, He's really putting in the work. I mean, there. He's putting in the work. Um, and then the next scene, we find out that Roger has "quote unquote" committed suicide. Yeah, I said, man, shit got real all of a sudden by dro- jumping off his twenty story twentieth ba- uh, story balcony. Um, I love. Ace, I was just saying, I love when they pull up to like a murder scene or something, and you hear like that saxophone music mm-hmm. followed by the guitar. It's like, oh, that's when you know somebody just died in like an eighties and nineties. So movie. they they were zipping him up, right? And he looked like totally normal. If he fell from twenty stories, oh, like, there'd be a nothing but blood. It would and guts. be yeah, just goo, yeah. like nothing. But he was apparently fine. I no guess head he's trauma. Not a real method actor then. No head trauma. Jeez, Daniel Day Lewis would have killed himself. <laughs> yeah, he would have died. Uh, so Ace goes up to the scene and he makes this case that Roger was murdered and not and and didn't commit suicide. And he does another great scene. Yeah. The sliding glass how, door. How, again, how do you walk, not walk past a sliding glass door and do that scene? I used to do it all the time. I did it like three weeks ago <laughs> when my sister's new house before we ever knew we were doing this. Um, so yeah, he's saying, Hey, there's no way that the scream could have come. Yeah. She heard, Oh, you're outside you're because the neighbor had heard her scream and he's saying there's no way that scream could have come from inside. Yeah, because the guy who came to the house had to open the door. Yeah. And I was like, you know, you wouldn't be able to hear that and scream. And he's screaming. And, he's, and it's true, man. Like, he's opening he's it, and detective. you can hear the scream, and he closes it, and you can't hear him. He's like, that's double pane, you know, soundproof glass. Ace knows his shit. Yeah. Um, uh, and then um, and then after that, Ace learns about Ray Finkel because he's he sees in, that picture. He's in Melissa's office, and yeah. he's like, who is that? He goes, who the hell is that? Yeah, and he's like, well, you know, your photo is pre, you know, beginning of the beginning season. Of the Ray season. Finkel yeah. wasn't added until mid-season. Um, and then I just Ace, put after that, he immediately bangs Courtney Cox. Yeah, and I said he bangs Courtney Cox with all of her animals watching, which – Probably isn't a big deal for Ace, but and it'd be weird for me. I was watching that part with Claire, too, and we're watching the bed, and I'm like, you know, that's another thing you think growing up in movies. Like, you would think every time you had sex, you'd damn near break the bed. Like, it's just, I mean, that bed was swinging, like, 8 to 10 inches off, you know, the wall, and then back and slapping it, and I'm like, were they just, like, on stilts when they had sex on this bed? No, mine never lasts long enough to break any beds. It's over I don't know, I've never starts. broke a bed, but, I mean, no. you know, I'll take her to Pound Town. But we ain't breaking beds. It's a sturdy frame. Every time though in movies, you would see like the bed's about to fucking fall apart. Um, Like Ray Charles built it from Ikea. So. (laughs) That's a good line. (laughs) Um, So yeah, so Ace learns about Ray Finkel and he's on the, he's on the search. He's on. He's looking for Ray Finkel, and Ace shows up at his parents' house, and he gets met with a shotgun to well, the face. Well, it's just, like, covered in, you should say, it's just covered in hateful graffiti. Uh, yeah, it looks like abandoned. Because we're, we're about to find out why. So, yeah, like you yeah. said, it's, like, not a warm welcome gun to the face. Yeah, so he eventually gets in, and the mom is out to lunch. Mom's fucking um, crazy. So he quickly learns that Ray is crazy, and so is his mom. Um, so turns out that Ray... Finkel had missed a kick in the Super Bowl to lose the Super Bowl. Um, and he blames it all on Dan Marino. And uh, because the laces, 
the laces, uh, Dan Marino held the ball with the laces in. Mm-hmm. As a former kicker, I will tell you, that does. Yeah, I've always heard that makes a difference. That does make a difference because uh, you'd never want to strike the laces. You want to strike the clean part of the ball. Um, but, yeah, so he goes up to his room and he finds, well, like, dude, you just a death the, shrine. You missed the best line that the mom gave. What? After she talks about that, this quote, Dan oh, Marino yeah. should die of gonorrhea yeah. and rotten hell. <laughs> <laughs> and, she's holding, and then she's holding, like, you want a cookie? They're football shape. <laughs> yeah, they're football Look at that. They're little footballs. <laughs> and then he's, she's like, laces out. <laughs> I just love the die of gonorrhea and rotten hell. Um. So, yeah, so we get a di- – he goes yeah, up to his room. Shrine. It's a death yeah. shrine. Oh, my God. So he leaves, and Ace tries to warn Melissa that Dan Marino is in danger and is about to join Snowflake. It turns out Dan Marino is shooting an Isotoners commercial, which that is so 90s. Like, back in the day, like, all your big athletes, all your big football players did were sponsored by Isotoner. Like, O.J. Simpson had an Isotoner. What, what was that? Isotoners are like gloves, like leather, like gloves. You tell me O.J. was sponsored by gloves? Yes. And they fit, so he – let me, get let, me, quit. let me double check, but yeah, I'm pretty sure that is OJ. beautiful. If he was, at, it's like that's like sponsoring like butcher knives too, and like OJ lime Simpson, and ISO, <laughs> toner. zip ties. Damn OJ. Yeah, he was. Uh, he had a he had a commercial and everything. You no, know, I can't ISO see the toners. computer. You could just slap Boy, a bunch of things. On vacation, okay. Okay. We never go on vacation without Hertz. I wouldn't risk my vacation okay. with an unreliable rental car company. So that's, that's my <laughs> fault. <way> <laughs> That's my fault. Okay, but I believe you. You're uh, you're a trustworthy guy. I yeah. believe you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So he was in one in 94. Wow. The year he didn't kill Nicole Brown Simpson. Right, right. Um, okay, so uh, Dan Marino is shooting an Isotoners commercial and gets kidnapped. Um, uh, Ace runs. <laughs> so Ace shows up right before or right after he gets kidnapped, and he's on the chase trying to catch these guys that, uh, that, had, that got Dan Marino. Um, and I said, Ace runs over two police officers while chasing, while, while in pursuit of Dan Marino, which has got to be a felony of some sort. Um, and then he shows up at the police station and he confronts Einhorn about his Ray Finkel theory. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Einhorn goes in the kiss, <laughs> goes in for a kiss and Ace says, your gun is digging into my hip, <laughs> which <laughs> you hadn't put the pieces together yet. Uh, but, uh, Ray Finkel, uh, that's, that's not a gun, uh, that he's got there. Um, and then Ace goes undercover in the Shady Acres Mental Hospital, the same place that Ray Finkel escaped from. Cause we learned at his house that, uh, Ray Finkel was in a mental institute from all of the uh, trauma that he suffered, you know, after missing the kick, uh, and he escaped. So uh, Ace goes undercover, um, and I said, this is one of the funniest scenes in the entire movie, like where he's playing the character of her brother, oh, and they're yeah. trying to Took commit him. too many football hits to the head. Yeah, and he something. does like the slow motion play where he's like and it goes hits, in and he goes in reverse. <laughs> I like the just, reverse. Just the whole bit was so funny. That's what I was saying. Only, a, only, Jim, only Carrey. Jim Carrey could play that yeah. part. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, he sneaks into he sneaks his way into a storage room and finds uh, Finkel's belongings because they they learned that he'd left some stuff there, um, and he makes a connection that Einhorn is Finkel and Finkel is Einhorn, mm-hmm. um, and then the next scene is one of the most is another funny one where he makes a connection. He's in the shower, 
and he's just like plunging his face. He's throwing up. He sets his clothes on fire, and he's just in the he shower. Sets his clothes on fire. And he's got the, it's it's got the song "The Crying Game" playing in the background. He's just crying in the shower, letting the runner <laughs> water run all over him. Um, and then the next scene isn't he like got like thirty pieces? Dude, of gum he's in just his mouth. he's got the biggest wad of gum <laughs> yeah. ever. Um, and then so Ace follows. Einhorn slash Finkel to a stereotypical warehouse where Marina oh, was being held. That's where every bad guy would help yeah, his hostages. Yeah, so uh, Ace uh, sneaks around. Uh, there's two henchmen guarding him. Um, he's tied to a sled, like a blocking sled, and the henchmen are taking turns like hitting him while he's tied up. Uh, but Ace inevitably takes out both the henchmen, and then he gets into a fight with Einhorn slash Finkel, and she, he, they kind of whoop his ass pretty good. Um, and Ace tries, you know, by then back up, she's already called it in that, Hey, I've found Dan Marino, the suspects, Ace Ventura. So the entire department comes down. Um, and Ace is trying to convince everyone that Einhorn is the, is a man. And he strips her down. He's like, first he starts, he's like, he, he starts with a, the with hair. a wig. Yeah. And he's like, that thing's really on and there. He's like, that <laughs> thing's really on there. And he's like, well, be kind of hard to, to hide these and he strips off her shirt and he's, he's like, like no, you can get that done in a weekend. That's a surgery that can be done over a weekend. <laughs> I should say great boobs on Ray Finkel. Yeah. Great boobs. Great, great boobs. boobs. Way um, to go, Ray. And then Dan's the one that notices it. So Dan's like, Ace, come here. And then he strips off her, her skirt and he's like, huh, there's nothing there. And then oh, Dan yeah. calls him over and he's like, Hey, check out, check out the back. Yeah. Cause she's hiding a fucking hog back there. And she's dude. like, Either he's got a penis or he has the worst case of hemorrhoids ever. <laughs> and you see it like he turns around. You see the impression. It's Dude, like just big, meaty just cock. Cock and balls <laughs> just all stuffed in the back. He's got the ultimate fruit basket going on. Yeah. To tuck it that far back to where it like curls up to your butt crack. I was like, Dude, Finkel is packing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, he saves the day. Ace saves the day, rescue Snowflake. Dan Marino returns at halftime. I was gonna say, did you mention how they're at the Super Bowl? Yeah, you know, I mean, they're playing the fucking Eagles. Yeah, that's when you know it's a made-up movie. Yeah, yeah, but I did put here at the end. He beat the shit out of the Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles mascot. Well, how, I think I think that was which may like have been the best part to like Philly, to where it's like only Philly would go, like mascot would get in a fight with this guy, and so they're yeah they're thanking like the PA announcements, like thanking Ace for saving the day, and he's just and he's just the he's, shit. at this point he's laying on top of the mascot while the, he, the mascot guy's on his back on the ground, and he's just like hammering him back. Yeah, they're like special thanks to Ace Ventura, and he just stops and looks up and waves. Yep. That was it, man. That was Ace it. Ventura, pet detective. What are you doing? Oh. You pick two? Yep, let me pick two real quick. All right. What are you doing? You calling that piece of shit? Yeah, I'm going to text Ryan. Jesus. Make a mess, why don't you? Well, I wanted to get in deep. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We at the con house like to experiment. Casino. Finally, a movie you haven't seen. A movie I haven't seen. That's a really serious movie. Well, we're going to go from Ace Ventura to Casino. You only got one? Jesus. I only got one. Fucking sausage hands over here. So why are you so mean? <laughs> I had a feeling right when I said that, I go, I think he thinks that was too far. <laughs> He's going to say I'm mean. Uh, <laughs> casino or... Dumb and Dumber. That's <laughs> such a weird combo. Such a... <laughs> Okay, man. All right, so... I know one's really good, and the other one's, like, 
really silly but also good so yeah so i'm gonna put those up on our instagram we're gonna put a poll up please vote and help us decide which one we're gonna (laughs) just polar opposite we're gonna review in two months (laughs) or whenever we get to another episode um all right so let's get uh let's get into some sports do you have the baseball playoffs brackets the regular season is over yep Rangers lost 102 Ooh, games or something it, like that. Or was it 1,602 or 62 and 100? I can't remember. Brady, get back with us. Yeah, Brady, Brady uh, Texas. Texas right now. Um, yeah, so the um, I'll just tell you the winners first and then the bracket because we're just going to go over baseball real quick. It was the American League East was won by Tampa Bay with 100 wins, 62 losses. The Central was Chicago White Sox, 93 and 69. Uh, the West was Houston. Give the fart sound for Houston. I hope this is it. <laughs> Moment's over, dude. Bruh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, there we go. Houston with a record of 95 and 67. That means our two wild cards were the Yankees and the Red Sox, both 92 and 70. So first round is going to be New York Yankees versus Boston Red Sox, which is a fantastic first-round matchup. Uh, the winner will face Tampa Bay. And then uh, Chicago plays Houston in the first round. So, not that many, you know, baseball's a smaller round playoffs. Uh, in the National League, the East, Braves won it 88-73. Central, Brewers, 95-67. and 67. The West, which is a great stacked division, they went, the Giants win it with 107 wins and 55 losses. <clears throat> the two wildcard teams is where you feel bad for the Dodgers. Dodgers won 106 games, and they're the wildcard team. Uh, the Cardinals, who went on like a 17-game winning streak, or something close to that to uh, almost end the season, managed to get into the playoffs with a record of 90 and 72. So we will have Los Angeles Dodgers play the St. Louis Cardinals. Winner advances to play San Francisco. And then we have Atlanta Braves against Milwaukee Brewers. And I'll just say it. I think the Tampa Bay Rays are going to beat the San Francisco Giants for the championship. Mm, I like Tampa. Pick. I like Tampa Bay. I do. I, I couldn't tell you three guys on their team, but nobody ever. Exactly. People in Tampa can't. Yeah, so people in Tampa truly can. They don't give a shit about that team. Um, I'm gonna go. Even though now apparently it's the city of champions. I'm gonna go. Shit, Brady might kill me. I'm gonna go Yankees, Dodgers. Oh, Yankees, Dodgers. Uh, MLB League, will come yeah, all over. Yeah, themselves I was say, for they that. would love that outcome. Are you kidding me? They would be jizzing their pants as soon as that like was a possibility. So that's baseball. So that's uh, baseball. You want to over real quick last week's game against the Philadelphia Eagles? Fart sound. There we go. Yep. Um, well, we won 21, 41-21 because we're the superior team in franchise. City, city. and state. And, well, I shouldn't say state. Okay, Texas kind of sucks right now. But it was – let me see. Yep, good radio. I'll go to the very end because I just had these stats. Uh, first downs, we had 27 to their 12. Nine pass up, nine pass breakups to their two. We were six of twelve on third down. They were four and twelve. Uh, we time of possession thirty four minutes and fifty eight seconds for us to their twenty five oh two. I got here. Dak is eleven and one in his last twelve games versus NFC East teams. Uh, at that point, we had eight takeaways, which led the NFL. We got two more today. Uh, they said we didn't have our eighth takeaway until week eleven of last year, which That's to insane. me it's Dan Quinn. Yeah, I mean. Diggs has improved greatly, but this is his second year, so he was here before Quinn. I think Quinn just came home, or came home, came here and has just been turning it around for us. 
Uh, Dallas is 13-2 and two at home versus NFC East team since 2016. It was our first pick six, so Diggs had to had a pick six, and I thought he should have done the the Dion. Um, what was his the high prime step? Time dance. The prime time yeah. high steps. I thought he should have done that. You know, we got in this big debate on the group me about why you got to stay classy, but I'm like, dude, it's Monday night against Philadelphia. Like, take the biggest shit on them because you know they would do it to us if they had the opportunity. Uh, but that was Trayvon Diggs was the first pick six um, for us since 2017. Uh, up to that point, who was the first Cowboy with an interception in the first three games of the season since Everson Walls in 1985, and now he has it in four straight, so mm-hmm. that's the franchise record. Yep. Um, uh, you want to get into today's game? Yeah, but okay. first I had a question for you. Are you about to call Ryan? I had a question. Should we should we ask, ask him too or just you? We can ask him. So we're going to use some of this technology that we've uh, invested in, and we're going to bring on a caller. Uh, We know him as Tyan, Tom Promp. I don't know Tom Promp. I never called him that in my life. Tom Promp. You can say it again. It doesn't register (laughs) to me at all. Well, neither does Baloney, but I called him Baloney for a long time. (laughs) Well, in my phone, it's Billy Jack Thompson. (laughs) I guess I have a different name. Yeah, Billy Jack. Uh, He is a good friend. He is a listener. He is a uh, member of our Fantasy Football League. Yeah, I'm going to ask him him about that that L last week. We're going to give him a call and see... And get his thoughts on the Cowboys. Whew. Hello. Hello. Is this Ryan? Yeah. All right. Hey, Ryan. You're on the air. How you doing, bud? Oh. Yeah, you got to talk. Um. Okay. Um, Why do you I sound like you. a scared child right now? We told we told you we were calling you. That's why I'm scared. You guys are calling me. Are you in the, Are you in the bath? Are we interrupting bath time? No, I wish. I am doing a face mask, so. Oh, nice. Uh, first things first, let's get the important business out of the way. How's the uh, the shakaroni from Papa John's? Okay, so, <laughs> so we got got by the commercial, and uh, it's incredible. It goes all the way to the crust, the sauce and the cheese. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I recommend it. Okay, that was the hard-hitting question I all needed. Right. All right, next question. You ready? Mm. How's that L taste from last week? Buckhorn well, boy, I got the trophy right here, buddy. Got the trophy sitting at the desk for me. So, like, um, I wasn't feeling good anyway going into it. And then you went down, and then uh, somebody, I think Brandon probably talked to you. I was like, hey, man, you know, you got still got a good team coming up. And I was like, he's fucking right. God damn it. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then when it happens, it, uh, you know, it, it hurts. It happens. Well, uh, if, if I could. Uh, I'm not watching the game now. It's actually kind of a trash game, the Tampa uh, Bay. That sucks. I think uh, Tampa's up 16-14. Why are you ruining it? I had it recording. We were going to watch it later. Oh, my bad. Y'all yeah, aren't watching bug. it now? It, no, we're, we're recording right now. <laughs> we're in a dark oh. room surrounded by garbage. Oh, okay. It's 45-42. Oh, uh, shootout. Hell yeah. <laughs> did, did, a, okay. did a guy parachute onto the field? <laughs> <laughs> is Harambe like resurrected and running out? Don't even joke about that, bro. Yeah, you're right. You're right. R.I.P. Uh, R.I.P. Harambe. Yeah, we, um, don't, we don't joke about Harambe on this podcast. Yeah. Matt looks so serious right now. Don't fucking joke. <laughs> His lips are like pressed tightly together. Are Face you is getting red. Kidding me? Um, no, it's a. Uh, yeah, if I could bounce back and beat Justin, it'd be nice. But oh, I would yeah, love that. That lot, that, that lot sucks, man. I wanted that trophy. So I think we play again. Do we not? In yeah, the regular season? in the fucking championship, dog. 
That's what I said, dude. Super Bowl, baby. <laughs> Great radio. This is a fucking train wreck so far. All right, so let's get into the Cowboy game from today. Well, hold um, on, man. I got those questions I want to okay. ask. It's, it's a simple question. Um, I'm going to give you three situations where it's, you have you can only keep one of these players. So two, oh. two players, but you can only keep one. Parsons or what, Diggs? What? Oh, Okay. Oh, okay. No. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. All right. You Cowboys can only you then? can only keep one of them. You keeping Parsons or are you keeping Diggs on this team? I think it's kind of easy. Well, no, I don't know. Um, <laughs> it's, it's so it's going to be hard to go against Diggs after the past two weeks. But yeah. That's a what's it called recency bias. Um, but we need Micah Parsons, like a guy like Micah Parsons. Uh, uh, I'm just gonna go recent because we haven't had really a good corner. In oh, I think he's our best corner in 20 years. I mean, who's the young guy we got, Matt, or both of y'all that burnt out and we got rid of him? Mike Jenkins. Big, I was a big Mike Jenkins fan. What position? No, what? It was a cornerback. I thought, and like he was. Uh, oh, Claiborne. Morris Claiborne. Yeah, Morris Claiborne. Yeah, and they I traded up for that. Yeah. Um, I, I I'm with you though. I. I'm with you. I take Diggs, Matt. I think I'm taking Diggs just because you have to you have to put a premium on two spots on on defense in the NFL now, and that's pass rusher, that's getting to the quarterback, and that's corner. That's your secondary because yeah. the league is designed. It's a passing league. It's now. a passing league. So, uh, and yeah, his his play in the last four weeks doesn't hurt. I, I just I think if think if we hadn't signed Jalen Smith and we like you'd said kept. Uh, oh, Byron Jones, you got Byron Jones on one side who has like a 5% reception rate against him. They don't him. even throw to him. And, and you'd have Trayvon Diggs on the other side. To me, um, you that, know. That might, without knowing any other rosters, that might be the best one-two uh, corner set or combo in the league if that were but true. But give me, give me Diggs, even though Micah Parsons is a freak, you can line him up Oh, anywhere. that's a great thing. We get to keep them both. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This yeah. is hypothetical, yeah. guys. Okay, so what's your next one? Yeah. Next one, you keeping Zeke or you keeping Cooper? Oh. I think, so we all, remember, we all remember when we signed Cooper, right? Yeah. And it was like, we gave all this away, and I was in Utah with me and Brandon, and we were both like, that's a fucking win all day, even oh, though he yeah. got hurt all the time. He's um, a top 10 receiver. What was it? Oh, Zeke or... I'm keeping I'm I'm keeping Zeke, dude. Like I don't like the uh, I love Tony Pollard. I think he's dope, but I think he's so dope because Zeke's there. If Pollard's alone, I think he gets stuffed. I I, I don't think he's uh, I, I I like him, but I don't think he's the fucking number one. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, I think you're wrong, but I think it makes sense. Ooh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think you keep Cooper because. Um, Oh, I finally convinced Matt. We're going to trade Z, guys. It's, it's finally happening. I, I did it. I, look, I broke, I broke him down. Look, I love... the paper, it's, it's done. I love Zeke Elliott. Uh, I defend him all the time. Hold on. Let me call Tim Tim Collishaw right now. Um, <laughs> break this story. <laughs> but I think with losing Gallup, and I think in this hypothetical, we're still going to lose Gallup next year. I love oh, yeah. Zeke. I just don't love the contract. Mm -hmm. And he showed his worth today. And... I think Zeke does a ton of little things that just the casual fan may not pick up on, like blitz pickup, um, falling forward. Falling he's probably the best. That sounds like a joke, but he's probably the best in the league at falling forward and getting that extra yard. I think or two. you saw today on two or three, several plays. Like, yeah, 
three or four times. Yeah. Several plays he drugged the pile for an extra three yeah. or four yards. He, you know, he, he is the best at that. And I think you've got a perfect situation now where you've got thunder and lightning. And I hate to use that that oh, analogy, that. but you've got Zeke, and then you do have Pollard, where you can you can put him in space. If you get him in space, it's over. And he proved that. You know, he yeah. he's proven that over this season. Uh, and with somebody like Kellen Moore, um. And I'm kind of making an argument for both, uh, I, but I, I'm still keeping I'm keeping uh, Coop over Zeke just because I think you could promote Pollard and you could still find another running back in the third round. Like yeah. look, look at Kenneth Gainwell in Philly, another Memphis guy. It's crazy to think that Pollard and Gainwell were in the same backfield at one point. I thought they had one other guy. They did. They had four dudes. That are all. I want to say now. Antonio Gibson was in Memphis too. That is. That's who it is. Yeah, it's yeah. Gibson. Yeah, because like he's the best. But uh, but, but yeah, I I think I'm keeping Coop just because he's a top five wide receiver. His route running is elite. Uh, he plays through injuries. Um, and I think he's more valuable than people realize. Yeah, I'm also keeping yeah. Cooper just because of something you just said too. Um, it's easy to me. It'd be easier to place that replace that running back in the draft than it would replacing that wide receiver in the yeah, draft for sure it's it's rare to hit on a good i mean it happens but i think you could find a deeper value running back later on in the draft for sure all right boys what last we, one what, whoa what what you got what what contract do we have left with amari cooper was it like three years or something yeah like 20 per i mean he's getting paid like crazy so we got him next season like locked down to i think he's in his second year of the contract yeah. isn't he mm-hmm. so yeah, he's yeah, got at least like that. Was it a four-year deal? It was a four-year. So, yeah, oh, next okay. year and the year after. But all that okay. money's going to be get... coming off when we have to pay, like, Diggs and Lamb. And, you know, we keep killing it in the draft, but these contracts like Jalen and um, and Zeke and Cooper are all going to be up within the next two or three years. Yeah, we'll, we'll see how this season goes. I, also, you have one more question. Well, it's, it's... follow-up. I have a question for both of y'all, too. Okay, all right. After. Oh, all right. after? All right, yeah. so this is the last one. Same format. Who are you keeping, Dan Quinn or Kellen Moore? Kellen Moore. Really, I think Dan but Quinn he, because what he's done turning this around. Well, it's it's hard to see if it's hard to know. What if that the is. fuck is this? <laughs> Sorry, what are you doing? I'm trying to look up some stats for the game. <laughs> okay, so I can. It'd have been better if it was like the Pornhub sound, dude. <laughs> we all know what that sounds like. <laughs> and they, you just hear volume like disappear real quick. Hey, every everyone knows, like everyone listens, like okay, all right, um, yeah. Matt's um, on his computer. Well, what I what, what what so uh, Kellen is his contract over this year? Because I've been hearing no, like, no, what, but no, but he could offer. probably. I think it's easy for like a coach to get out of a con- you know if he's offered a head coaching job somewhere like which we, he'll we'd get. be dicks. He he could. But what if I he, mean, what if he gets offered more money to take Jason Garrett's job in New York? Well, then we'll match it. <laughs> Fuck that! <laughs> he can't he go it? there. He's actually good at his job. I saw a tweet today that uh, uh some fantasy thing I follow they uh. <laughs> They're printing off fired Jason Garrett shirts, and it's like, oh hey, been there, done that. You know, yeah, we uh, we know how you feel. <laughs> That's what it's stupid is Phil or New York Giants knew exactly what they were getting. They played this guy twice a year and for as a soon decade as, for a decade. And as soon as he lost his job, they're like, "That's the fucking guy we need on our team." And we were like, "Take him, please." And now I'm saying yeah. the same thing about McCarthy because I would love, I would honestly say I want to keep them both and I want to get rid yeah. of McCarthy. Yeah, that was my thing. Yeah. Is like I know. Uh, I know teams are going to be coming after after Kellen. I know he was in consideration for the Boise State job in the offseason. That'd be a great. I job just don't know if I if I give up on a young, innovative play caller. Yeah. 
uh, who's molding with Dak, right? So Dak's been with him for a little bit. So. Yeah, you could see it's, guys like what Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan have done, like these young minds and Matt Lafleur. You know, same thing. So you, it's hard once you find that to to let someone else take it and like reap those rewards. The only thing that concern, okay. concerns me from a head coach standpoint is he's not. He's pretty meek. Like he's not a he's raw not raw assertive. guy. He's not assertive. Yeah. He's kind of. He looks like you know he's waiting for his mom to pick him up from high school. Like. Or Quinn is the other way around, but I think you've convinced me because he is such like a beautiful mind when it comes to football that I wouldn't want to lose that. And like Ryan said, the bond he's forming with Dak, you know, could be special. So I think yeah. I, just, I just switched my vote. I'm going Kellen Moore. I'm going to keep Kellen because offenses offenses win championships now. Yep. Oh, we're not sure that it's Dan Quinn completely behind the defense. It could be the people just. I don't know, dude. Players we got ten takeaways already after four weeks, and we're like, we I got know. five I, more I sacks just, today. I think he's a big part just, of it. I, mean, I, I hope so, actually. And I don't know. It's probably more of a question for us at the end of the season. But yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Exactly. We'll see. Once we've raised that Lombardi, we'll we'll call you back. But uh, well, Ryan had a question too. Right? Oh yeah, real quick. Uh huh. Are y'all mad or happy that we didn't go after Richard Sherman? Richard Sherman. Sherman. Yeah. I mean, if he hadn't, you know, d- domestically then, abused somebody, yeah. I'd probably be like, yeah, we should have gone after him because he signed for nothing. But I don't know. I think with that shit hanging over him to bring it into this locker room, because I think he would have been a good mentor, especially for you know that that room specifically. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's the same thing with Earl Thomas. Like we wanted him until he was fucking some woman in a. Room with his brother and his wife showed up with a gun, and then it's like, well, I don't know, it's kind of hot no, to touch he, now. He got carted off the field, giving the double bird to his head coach. <laughs> yeah, that was that's awesome. Kind of a, that was a G move. Kind of a bold fucking move. Oh no, he yeah. he's that but, kind of guy. I love him. But but he's he's a spoiler alert. He's starting tonight because uh, somebody from Tampa, I guess, got hurt. But he's starting straight up on Tampa tonight. Yeah, he started tonight. But I'm just saying, him opposite of, you know, like Trayvon Diggs, right? I mean, he's an upgrade uh, over Brown for sure. And he's got that I, length and the Dan Quinn connection. Yeah. I'm surprised they Seattle. didn't at least, you know, bring him in. Uh, and there's and we have no way of knowing if they didn't kick the tires on that, yeah. but th- th- right. they may have. Uh, but let's get into this game. Uh, okay. Cowboys get the win, <laughs> 36-28. The game really wasn't as close as the score indicates. Yeah, we bailed at that um, Let me just run over some stats real quick. Dak, Dak Prescott, 14-22, uh, 188 yards, four touchdowns. Um, that's kind of what you get when you get the running game going. Zeke Elliott, 20 carries for 143. He averaged 7.2 a carry, and that's more in line of what you want to see. Uh, yeah, for $16 million. He had a touchdown. Uh, <laughs> Tony Pollard, 10 for 67, Woo. and uh, Dak had 4 for 35. And, and yeah, We ran all over him. And that was that. And Dak's runs were really important at the time that they happened. Yeah. Two or three of them were to, uh, to get first downs. Um I know I hold my breath every time I see him leave the pocket, um, but you know I've got we've just got to trust that you know he's going to make smart decisions as far as getting down and, and protecting his body. Uh, Amari Cooper three uh, three catches for sixty nine. Yes. Dalton Schultz uh, big day six fifty eight mm-hmm. uh, on eight targets one touchdown. Cedric Wilson two for thirty. That Cedric Wilson was sweet too. When he, when he stopped and just spoke. Oh, yeah, I think dude. all he those pressed, touchdowns. He pressed that B button. Right? Yeah, yeah, he pressed exactly. the B button because <laughs> it was it was Schultz, 
Cedric Wilson and Cooper all were on our end of the field, so we were pretty close, and it was just, like, glorious to watch all that. When he did that spin move and just basically trotted it in, I was like, dude, we're fucking winning uh, this game. CeeDee Lamb with a quiet day, two for 13 on five targets. Um, they had him pretty blanketed uh, all day. Yeah. Um, it came see. in. Wasn't Carolina the number one ranked defense in the NFL coming in? Granted, it's yeah. three weeks. Yeah, but. and they played no, they've played nobody. Um, exactly. Trayvon Diggs, probably the star of the day. Um, two picks, two passes defended. That second one was insane. Anthony Brown had three, uh, had three, uh, passes defended. Um, and then, um, we got Michael Parsons with the sack, Chauncey Golston with half a sack, uh, Osa, oh, Odigi Zua with half a sack, and then Terrell Basham with a sack. Um, Greg Zerline was perfect on the day, one for one for 37. Um, and then, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it for the stats. Um, I would say it sounds good, too, to hear those names that, you know, a year ago we would have, because we just drafted these guys, mm-hmm. so it's a youth movement. All those guys are stepping up with Tank being out. Yeah. And these are young guys. It's not like we're, you know, bringing guys in off the streets or use, we're having a trade for veterans. We're developing these guys and starting them early. And I, I want to talk about Odigi Zua real quick. He is going to be a monster. He yeah. is playing so well for a rookie through four weeks. I feel so bad for Neville Neville. Gallimore too, because mm-hmm. that would have been his spot. And he, that was he his came time on, to shine. and he came on, he came on and played well last week. Yeah, or we, we'll last still, year. We'll get him back. We'll ha- we'll get have him back, and we'll have Tank back like midseason. And we're gonna get Boss Man Fats, our set, our, our I'll believe second, it when I see it. Third round pick. Um, so yeah, we we started off the scoring. Um, we went uh we went three and out on our first drive, uh, and then we exchanged punts. Uh. Uh, with with Carolina, they go three and out, and then we go on a nine play, eighty yard drive, and Zeke gets the first touchdown uh, for a yard over over the left side right there uh, to put us up seven nothing. Um, and then uh, Carolina comes right back, nine plays, seventy five yards, um, tied up seven seven. Sam Darnold, who is leading the league in in Rushing touchdowns. Leading the entire league, including yeah. weird, weird, yeah. weird, yeah. right? I think yeah. he's got like five already. That just goes to sh- that just goes to show you how bad the situation was and <laughs> and more specifically Adam Gaze. And I saw this yeah. floating around last week. Um when Adam Gaze graduated the next year, his te- his high school team went on to win the state championship. <laughs> Whenever I, I, think, I think Adam Gaze was at LSU or somewhere, he left the team won a national championship. Now Sam Darnold leaves the next year. He's playing out of his mind. Um, I thought Sam, it just, it goes to show how bad the situation is, how bad Adam Gase is and how bad I feel for Zach, Zach Wilson. Cause I think Zach Wilson is a great quarterback, has the potential to be great quarterback. But Gase isn't there at least. No, but uh, same jets, same jets. Yeah. Same jets. Um, but yeah, the jets, the jets who have made what two, AFC championships since the Cowboys have though yep, in that's right. <laughs> People always take well, a show they, the Jets. It's like they've been to two championships, AFC championships. Well, it's the same reason, same reason we're happy for Stafford too, right? Yeah, we all like mm-hmm. Stafford. Now that he's the fuck out of Detroit, it's like hell yeah. And know? we always knew the talent was there for Stafford. Oh, yeah, all, Stafford's. I mean, he's a he's a baller. If he wins a Super Bowl in his career, he might be a borderline Hall of Famer. Yeah, for sure. If he can get a if he can get a ring, I think he's in the Hall of Fame for sure. Um, Over Eli Manning. Fuck yeah! If I had to win one game, I'm taking Stafford over Dumbface Manning. Eli Manning, mouth breather. He's undefeated against Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. It's a tough case, dude. I hate the Giants, but 
I don't know. Anyway. Uh, so uh, next drive, uh, we get a nine-play, 80-yard drive. Um, we go up 13-7. to seven. Uh, Prescott, uh, Dak threw uh, to Blake Jarwin for 18 yards on the touchdown. And it was a weird deal because they got a 12-man penalty and the ball moved up to the one. I thought it was a smart play to go for two right there. Yeah, I mean, I two too. points for one yard. I, you know, I think you'll – I'm not mad at him for that. You no, know, he we, made calls that I was happy with. He went for it on fourth down. He did the two-point conversions. That shit Garrett just wouldn't do. Yeah. Uh, so we start the second quarter. Uh, Carolina answers right back uh, with a 13-play, 80-yard drive. Again, Sam Darnold – uh, with a designed run for 11 yards and puts him up 14-13. And then throughout the second, uh, it's just kind of uh, we exchange punts. Um, and then that brings us to the third quarter. Uh, Carolina gets a six-play, 49-yard drive, and they miss a field goal. Uh, and then we come right back down, um, four plays, 56 yards, because we got the field position. Uh, Prescott, uh, Dak threw it to Amari Cooper. Beautiful ball for yeah. 35 yards. That was probably my favorite yeah. play of the game. I mean, and saved this day, Amari. I guess fantasy wise, but yeah, yep. I, I think uh, uh, Greg Olson was on the call uh, on the TV broadcast, and oh. I got to give him two thumbs up. I thought he was great in the booth. Uh, I've always liked Greg Olson. So do I. Uh, yeah, same. And uh, he said he goes, if Dak Prescott went and handed that ball to Amari Cooper, you couldn't have put it in a better spot than than. And I think that just goes to show the the maturation of Dak. He's hitting all the throws. He's getting up to that breeze, Manning, as far as game management, being able to call a game where he's oh, reading defenses, uh, checking, 100%, 100% calling plays. Yeah. He's putting the throws because coming in, we all knew he could run, but could he pass? And I think those – I don't have a question at all I think about he leads Dak the now. league in um, completion percentage, and now he's got to be up there in touchdowns. Yeah. He's having – and he's not – you know – He's not off to the fiery start last year, but last year we were having to come back and win all of these shitty games. Yeah, he's you know I would rather my guy go twenty of twenty seven for two hundred yards, but get four touchdowns, and we just let the running backs milk it out. That's how they fucking did it with Aikman back in the day. That's why Aikman never put up huge numbers because he didn't have to. We would just win. We would get up, and then we would let Emmitt Ew. milk it. Sorry. Well, a, tip, a typical game, a typical line for for Troy back in the day would be like. Uh, 21 of 26 for 230 yards and like three touchdowns mm-hmm. or but two we touchdowns, won. but we won. Yeah, that's, that's um, what I'm saying. They said Emmett or Troy wanted to, he could have broken so many records, Yeah, but that wasn't the game we needed him to play. No, no. And we won three fucking Super Bowls with him. So we're up 20 to 14 at that point. Um, and then we force, uh, we force a punt from Carolina and then, uh, Dak, uh, hits Dalton Schultz again for six yards. We're up 26. 14, um, and then here comes the first Diggs interception. Um, they were on a seven-play uh, seven play drive. Uh, Diggs gets the interception. We turn right back around, and Dak hits Cedric Wilson for that 23-yard that touchdown point, where he spins. Was, at that point, I knew it was over. It was 33-14 at that point, and then Diggs gets his second one on the following drive, um, which was a crazy – he just broke on the ball, jumped the route, bobbled, fell down, yeah, somehow came nice. up with it. Um, but it was beautiful. Yeah. Here, here's what's interesting, and uh, Ryan, I know you watched on TV, so you'll be able to back me up. Uh, from that point on, we didn't see Diggs back in the game, and Pam Oliver came on and said a little bit later, and was like, "Oh, they're just, it's just player management. It's it's rest, yeah, player management. It, it's rest." It's rest. Um, so then we get a field goal. We got a 37 yarder from Zerline. We're up 36-14, um, and then in the fourth quarter, um, 
Carolina answers. Uh, Sam Darnold hit DJ Moore for six yards. And then at that point, we punt and they score another touchdown. So it's 36-28. And when I still didn't see him, it was just weird yeah. to me. Starts to get worrisome at you, that point. You think when they get between, within 15, okay, it's a two-score game. But then they get within eight, and he's still not out. And I scoured Twitter. I listened to the post game. Uh, when I got home, nothing was mentioned, uh, and even you know before we started recording, I I got on Twitter just to see. I guess they were just comfortable with with him being out, and I guess they were comfortable with the lead because Carolina had burned two timeouts in the third quarter, and they burned one early in the fourth. So you know they didn't have that much time, and they couldn't stop the clock other than two winning warning. So McCarthy goes, "Okay, I don't think I can fuck this up this week." Right, <laughs> right. Yeah. Um. But overall, a good you know a good team win. Yeah, it's like you said, it wasn't as close as the score showed. No, we were up like twenty one in the fourth quarter, and they just got some garbage time on us, some garbage yeah. points. Um, I think Carolina, <laughs> it would be a different game if they had Christian McCaffrey. But, oh yeah, because my the, nephew was like, "Are they good?" Like, and I was like, "They're good, but by far their best players out, and that's going to hurt them." But I think it proves Carolina they played an actual team today. Uh, their first, you know, their their other three wins, I, I think they played Houston. Maybe the Jets played shitty teams and the Giants or something but like that. I like we've talked about it when we did our season preview. I still think Carolina in a year or two can be a much better team and like you know knocking on the door in the playoffs. I love pretty Matt, soon. I love Matt Rule and Matt DJ Rule, Moore is a. I think Sam Darnold's gonna do good there and with DJ Moore. DJ Moore looked good every time he got the ball. He's one of those players you get a little nervous yep. mm-hmm. as an opponent. You know you got the best running back. You got a good defense. You just build from there. Like Carolina will be a good team. Really I soon. believe so. I believe so. So, Cowboys improved to three and one. Um, Giants next week. We've got Giants, Giants next at week. home. I don't know the time though. Uh, I want to say it's a three o'clock. So do game. I. So do I. I yeah. want to say it's a three o'clock game, but I'll double check. Uh, Ryan, you got anything on the game today? Um, um, are are we good? I mean, like, because like it's not the. Uh, well, I mean, we've all been hurt so many times. Um. I'll, I'll we, tell you are, this. Are, are we good? <laughs> I've already thought where I'm going to put the tattoo for when we win the fucking Super Bowl. <laughs> it's going to go right on this big meaty thigh, brother. You know, I, I'm glad you said that because at some point, because uh, you missed it, Ryan, but I went over to my dad's and uh, watched it with my dad. And I told him at some point, I was like, you know what? My head and my heartache tell me not to get excited, but I think there's something special. Well, that could new, happen. It, it's the new coaches. So, it's everything. Well, it's okay. So, first off, I, man, we're Stephen A. Smith right now. That piece of shit. Um, having a good time, I guess. Fuck that guy. But um, I don't know. As, as everybody before the season said, we could be an explosive offense. You know, blah 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 blah. And then now you, know, you watch all the media and podcasts we listen to. And they're like, oh, yeah, the Cowboys have a really good fucking offense. And it's like, cool. But I'm still looking left and right. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I like think whispering, go Cowboys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no. I think I, I think the only thing that can derail us is injuries. You know, mm-hmm. obviously, if your dad goes down or if we get another oh, yeah. couple pieces off the defense that go down, if Micah Parsons goes down, I think injuries is the only real thing that's going to derail us. Now, uh because we got we played the defending champs down to the last drive yep, lost, lost by two a- if your kicker makes some kicks we win that game 
we find out yeah, that the Chargers are a lot better because they go to Kansas City, beat Kansas City. We beat them. Yeah. Um, you know, we handle Philly, and then we beat an undefeated Panther team who is good. Uh, I think, Ryan, you're right. Like, I think it's hard not to get excited, but then you remember the last 25 years and the yeah. heartbreak and, and everything, and it's it's hard to get really get excited and buy in totally. Well, I'll say, too. I, 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 yeah, I even forgot we um, – I forgot Tank. I forgot Tank Lawrence is out and how, uh, how, with the, like what the broken foot and what Lyle Collins is like still three weeks away on that bribe weed bribe yeah. suspension. Yeah, but haven't Terrence <laughs> still been great? I don't even know if he's been called for a penalty. No, yet. he hasn't. And I don't even know if he's given up a sack yet. So he stepped in and he's done great. But that's saying you're right, Ryan. I mean, that's saying something that we've gone this whole two weeks hadn't mentioned hadn't mentioned Tank at all. Hadn't missed him. Yeah. Nope. Pass rushers yeah. look good. A rookie came in and filled that void. Yeah. Um, so, and but, then C- C- Cedric Wilson stepped up for um, Michael Gallup. Yeah. Got, he, had a t- he had a touchdown last week against Philly. He's got another one today. Absolutely. Um, so next week is a 325 game, and I, and I think the schedule sets up for us to really go on a run. I don't think we see a real team till week 11. So next week we got the Giants at home, 325 game. Then we go to the Patriots. Week seven's a bye. Then we're at Minnesota, Denver at home, Atlanta at home, and then week eleven we're at the Chiefs. But the Chiefs, you're not worried about the you're not worried about the uh, Vikings. No, we, we beat them last year with Dalton. I know they're just sneaky fucking good. I don't know. I'm not. Well, we're sneaky fucking better. Hey, week eight, <laughs> the, Vi- the Vikings game is going to be a cool game because it's Sunday. Uh, uh, it's Halloween night, and it's a Sunday oh, night game. Fuck yeah! Oh, Sunday yeah. night game. We're gonna be hammered drunk watching that game. Spooky baby. <laughs> um, but I think I think our schedule lends us to go on a little run here. Um, yeah, the only one that kind of worried me, New England, just because that's always just like a crapshoot because of the way they can scheme, and that might have been it up until. But then I, I think I remember, if I remember correctly, it's like Chiefs and then Raiders I've got pretty it. soon, and then Week Twelve is then the it Raiders. Gets tough. That's the tough part of the That's, schedule. That's uh, Thanksgiving, and then we turn around a week later and go to New Orleans. That's not a bad as it seems. Uh, and then we're at at the football team, and then we're at the Giants. We got the football team again at home, and then we finish up with Did, Arizona and yeah. at Philly. I was gonna say that Arizona game, dude. I thought I still think LA might be the best team in the in the league, but and I didn't get to see this game. But apparently Arizona beat them pretty good. It was like yeah. thirty-seven to twenty. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, well handily, maybe handily. maybe Arizona's like, yeah, now the best team in that division. Yeah, that's just who such had a, who had the, who had the Cardinals going four and zero? Not fucking not me. me. Yeah. I mean, and I I know I don't think you know, but how how can he, how can you be a better NFL coach than you are a college coach? <laughs> I don't that's know. so fucking weird. But you you get Kyler Murray. And he is very handsome. Cliff Kingsbury is very handsome. He's a good-looking dude. Hottest guy. Okay, in the that wasn't a subject, but anyway, you know, like, go ahead, Andrew. My hey, Andrew this guy knows. Loves King- <laughs> he loves Kingsbury. Yeah, dude. I love Kingsbury. I, and Andrew Did you knows. see that fucking house, bro? I would walk around butt naked in high heels for him in that house if I got to stay there. <laughs> that was a nice house he's living in. I did see that. It is a different Uh, um, Andrew knows about my man crush on Kyler Murray. I think anytime you got a player like Kyler Murray, you yeah, got a we're, chance. Yeah, we go on double dates together. Yeah, I got dude. the coach. You got the quarterback. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. They're, we're going Dutch, though, because they're picking up picking up the tab. They make me? more money. I'm spoiled. I'm sugar, baby. They're spoiling me. <laughs> All right. Um, but, yeah, good win today. Uh, 
I'm with you, Ryan. I'm excited, but oh, I'm just so nervous. A, I'm so a, scared. It's a whisper right now. Not even that, because we all know we we have shitty fans, you know. So there's guys out there right now, and they're chinkos, and they're <laughs> fucking re- they're they're white Reeboks, and they're like, I'm wearing white Reeboks right now. <laughs> fucking cowboys, bro. Look, I'm not gonna do that. Same thing with Philly. I, I said this. I, I caught some shit from you guys, but hey, let's quietly demolish the Eagles because they're trash. But this week, that was a good win because they're undefeated. Uh, weren't we dogs in this game? No, I think uh, we were. I think we were three and a half point favorites. Yeah. Uh, well, just because they they, they knew Carolina's not what their record says they are. Same thing with uh, Denver today. You know, Denver's undefeated. They played Baltimore and lost by like seven. It was like twenty four to seven. Bridgewater went out. Hot take. I saw the trash. God, Baltimore's, Baltimore's trash. So bad. I think they're so bad. I think they're a team that gets to the playoffs and they get destroyed by like the fucking. Not the Patriots now, but like the Patriots, and it's like, yeah, you should have, you barely, you you have a winning record, but somehow, you know, you just the, described the Cowboys for the last twenty five years <laughs> with your comparison <laughs> to Baltimore. So he would recognize if anybody knows it's yeah, him. That's what we do. We we get to the playoffs and we get destroyed. That's well, the Dallas okay, Cowboys. Okay. okay, so who you got then? Who you got? You got to pick one: Tony Romo or Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson. Tony oh, Romo Tony never Romo won an MVP. I don't give a shit. I'd rather have Tony Romo. Give me Tony Romo. Y'all are picking with your Tony Romo. (laughs) I'm looking at a Romo jersey right now that Matt brought over. (laughs) Y'all are are picking with your hearts, bro. Not with your heads. If I was a GM, my team would destroy your team. I would have 300 Mm -hmm. rushing yards and about 150 passing yards. Are you sure that much? Quarterback would strain his back doing a front flip in the end zone like a fucking dumbass. Yeah, and you you want to talk about injuries while you're claiming Tony Romo, especially back injuries. <laughs> yeah, you want to talk back injuries and your guys Romo. Do you know what you're doing right now? It's a slippery yeah. slope, man. Look, I just love him. Okay, I, love, I miss <laughs> Yo, him so that much. That came out of nowhere. You guys were just like getting boners over here thinking about Romo. I miss him. Okay, I miss him too. I'm with you, man. Every time he comes on the Jim Nance call and I go, oh, Tone, there you are. Oh, Tone. <laughs> That's what I got him saved in my uh, phone. Yeah. All right, Ryan. Well, we appreciate it. We're going to wrap it up here. Uh, we appreciate you coming on. Uh, we got to get you in studio so you can do a whole you can do a whole show with us. Hey, Ryan, real quick. Our two movies we picked out randomly. It's going to be either Dumb and Dumber or Casino. How fucking random is that? That is random, and you're going to have to, well, Matt's never seen Casino. I've never seen Casino. Okay, so you have to do Casino, and it's going to blow. Matt, what are you doing? Dude, you would be hey, shocked. Matt, I, got an- I got another movie for you. It's called Heat. Uh, it is incredible. I own Heat. I've seen Heat. Yeah. Uh, you No, know, but I I put a bunch of movies in this cut for us to draw. You would be, and I had to admit this to Andrew, and it really hurt me because I know Andrew's oh, a movie guy. Oh, yeah, okay. we draw random. Yeah. yeah, we just draw them out of a cup. That's why it was the most random draw. Um, like an award-winning I, movie and... I had to admit this to Andrew. You would be shocked at the movies and shows that I haven't seen. Like, I think I put Goodwill Hunting on one. Yeah. I've never yeah. seen Goodwill Hunting. Never seen yeah. Godfather. Never oh, seen wow. The Sopranos. <laughs> yeah. He sucks. Yeah, dude. I'm a terrible person. Um, Well, dude, Casino just has like a record breaking soundtrack, and there's a couple songs when they come in. Oh, my God. 
you got to duke it, you know. Okay. Right, well, you got to vote. We're going to make a poll, and you got to vote for yeah, it. Yeah, well, it'll be up on our Instagram. we are a people, or what am I trying to We're say? We're a show of show the people. people. Yeah, we, we listen to what the votes say. I might make some burner accounts. The casino is going to be what <laughs> hey, y'all Just give us some likes. I'll yeah, give us yeah, some yeah. likes uh, and follows. I'll, I'll text my buddy uh, Katie, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll hey, get it done. Tell, tell Tone. Tell, <laughs> tell Tone, tone to yeah. <laughs> tell him I said hi. <laughs> okay. uh, Matt Andrews, so what's up? Uh, oh, and Kyler, is that you? <laughs> yeah. All right, dude. We're, we're going to get out of here. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, we've been Sorry. on like two hours already. Yeah, it's uh, two hours and ten minutes, so we're going to oh, wrap shit. it up. Okay, well, well hold on. I got to tell you a show. I know I'm at the wrong segment. But what am I watching? Yeah, we watched. you guys it. watched... Uh, uh, only murders in the building. You know, watch that. No, I've heard no. it's good though on on uh, Hulu. Hulu, it's Steve Martin, Martin Short, and uh, Selena Gomez. Uh, Selena Go, it's it's great. So I, I check it out. And it's not even fully out yet. They're doing like episode a week, hmm. and uh, old school. And I finally, I finally knocked out like three episodes the other night, and I got to where they haven't released an episode. Let me tell you how pissed I was about that. Uh, PTSD of like Game of Thrones, you know. Like having to wait for episodes. What the fuck is this? So, have you seen uh, I, uh, Squid Game? I heard that's like going to be heard, the. Okay. Everyone talk about that, dude. I gotta. Okay, watch, so, I'm gonna watch it for next time for sure. So, does the review? Quick review on that. I didn't watch it. Dustin watched like two episodes. Then the next day, you know, I go to bed early. I come out and uh, I'm getting like milk and cookies. And this dude's still up at like one in the morning. I go, okay, talk to him the next day. He stayed up till like five in the morning. Finished the whole series and said it's incredible. So wow. high praise. Netflix says yeah, it's yeah, going to be exactly. the most streamed show of all time on their platform. Damn. More high praise. Oh wow! Yeah. No, I've had Dakota told me about it, and then a buddy at work told me about it. Like within like a day of each other, they were just saying how like you'll you'll just burn through it. Hmm. Yeah. So maybe you know maybe I'll watch it next week. Next time I talk to you guys, we'll see. But well, no, thanks for calling me. It, it was random, you know. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Let's get let's get you in here in studio. You'll do a full episode with us. Yeah, dude, you'll get your gift bag. We're getting out gift bags now, so I already gave you a I copy of MacGruber, so I'll have to get you some a replacement. We're getting, think, we're getting, we're giving out pinky rings, dude. We got fucking <laughs> fanny packs. This, be a mood ring. this guy's over here wearing a fucking gold pinky ring, like he's fucking John Gotti or something. Dude, it's so dope. And I got hey. one for Matt, but it won't fit. So he won't fit I'll my get, fat uh, sausage that one's fingers. For you, dog. I gotta, get, I gotta get a size up for Matt. Oh, did y'all, did y'all cover Big Brother in this? Uh, yes, oh, yeah. we did. You'll get yeah. it tomorrow, buddy. Our, our Mount Rushmore okay. was Big Brother villains or assholes. So we yeah. talked like thirty minutes of Big Ooh. Brother. Yeah, you'll get thirty minutes Ooh. of Big Brother tomorrow, dude. All right, yeah, I'll tune in. Right on. All right, man. Well, yeah, well, thanks for calling me, guys. Yeah, love you, man. All right, take it easy. All right. Yeah, love you all. Thank all right, you. later. And that was Ryan. I don't think that was too bad for our first time taking a call. No, man, I liked it. Um, all right, so like we said, we're we got going on over two minutes. Yeah, it's like almost 11 o'clock. Uh, Matt's got to work tomorrow. Yeah, I've, I haven't watched anything but Big Brother in football, so I'm going to spare you on that one. I have listened to season three of um, – up and vanished is out. Uh-huh. Uh, it's a case on a either in Montana or Utah of uh, she's a she's a indigenous uh, woman out of Utah uh, vanished um, without a trace, and uh, I think I'm three or four episodes in. Um, but uh, Up and Vanish is a great true crime series. Uh, the first two seasons are just really well done. Um, and I've been listening to that, and I'm almost finished with my Big Brother watch of every season. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. So um, 
What about you? What have you been what have you been watching? Watching. Um, I told you about it. It's it was on. I watched it on Hulu, but it's an ESPN because it's a thirty for thirty. They did a four parter called Once Upon a Time in Queens. Uh, it was a four part documentary series about like basically like the renaissance of New York and the rise of the Mets in the city. So the first episode gives you like a little history of the Mets, and then it talks about like the eighties. So like like basically New York City was like at an all time low in like nineteen seventy seven. That was the year of like Summer Sam. That's when they had their big blackouts in the um in the summer, which led to like a lot of looting and violence and riots. And it was just like designated like a dump hole, you know. And from there, like arose this phoenix that we now know of like a like I said, it was like a renaissance period for for the city of New York. And so basically from like seventy eight, right after that, up until like, you know, the late eighties, there was just like a boom back in New York. Like the music scene was back, you know, Wall Street was big. Everything was just bigger and better, and the Mets were like that city's team. And it talks about how they, you know, they they started young. They started drafting these guys. That's how they got Doc Gooden and Daryl Strawberry. And they had guys like, um, oh, what was that guy's name? Kurt. Oh, is a Hispanic dude? Like Kurt Hernandez, Keith Hernandez. Keith that was Hernandez. it. Keith Hernandez and Gary Carter, and they were like the older guys, like the rocks of the team. And it was just, it was a really good like baseball documentary documentary but it was also about like the city of new york and that lifestyle of like the 80s you know like the glitz and the glam and the cocaine and because doc Gooden and daryl strawberry each had substance abuse problems mm-hmm. and they talk about it and they talk about how it was so accessible and so easy to get in new york at that time so it was just really good I, it was my favorite 30 for 30 i think i've ever seen and they were each about an hour long so four parts you know four hours total but i i completely loved it um I did watch the Mini Saints of Newark. I watched that Friday night. I stayed up without Claire and watched it. I've had this pink ring before, bro. Oh, yeah. It's a lifestyle. It's not a choice. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, it was really good. Um, you know, it has to, it has Jim James Gandolfini's son plays little you know Tony Soprano and he oh, looks wow. just like him. Um, it was really well cast. So if you know the show and you know the cast members like Pussy and Paulie and Sill, when you see them, you're like, holy fucking shit! Like that looks how I would imagine that guy looking like, you know, 20 years ago. So the casting was just fantastic. Um, it wasn't it David Simon, the creator, or maybe that's the guy from The Wire. But anyways, like, he wrote it, you know, and so he was fully behind it. So it was, like, a genuine, like, Sopranos product. And I won't give anything away, but when when the last scene ends, it's playing the intro music for the TV show. So it would, like, lead right in, like it was leading into an episode. And I was like... I just I just wanted to watch the whole series like in one night after watching that you know like I love that show. Um, another thing, so that was on HBO Max. I should say this other one is on Netflix and it's Big Mouth season three. Have you ever heard of this? Yeah, show called I don't Big know Mouth? if you guys have heard that. That's an inside joke we've been making for years now. I don't know if anyone's heard this. It's on Netflix and it's called Big Mouth and it's really fucking funny. It's I got just, Nick Kroll. That's all, Nick Kroll, all you need. It's got to John know. Mulaney. John yeah. Mulaney to me is even better. Uh, it's got a really good cast, so it's animated. It's about, like, you know, these boys going through puberty and these changes, but it's, like, they have no, you know, it's nothing's off limits, no filter. Like, they put some shit in there. It's, like, you know, 20, 10, even five years ago. Like, I don't know if that makes it on air. And because it's because it's not a prime network show, you know, you can do these things on these uh, streaming services. So it's just its own kind of show, man. There's nothing else like it. It's really well well written and really funny. So, um uh, and then what am I, what am I listening to? What, you, what are you listening what are, to? What am I? Well, currently I'm listening to you in my earphones, but this week I was listening to two or three podcasts and I'm pretty sure they're all on uh, Spotify. One was called bad, bad thing. 
and it was just wild because it's about a woman. So no spoilers because you know going into it, like this woman found out her husband was cheating on her. They've been married for like 25 years, you know. They're like upper 40s, you know, new to an area. He's cheating on her with like some 32-year-old woman who's his boss. She finds out. She becomes obsessed. She starts making like these videos of her like recording herself like having these and she's having a mental breakdown like she knows like he wants this younger woman and it just drives her crazy and they had like probably i don't know hundreds of hours of these tapes that you know you'll get to hear the real audio and you'll get to hear the anguish in her voice and the i mean you start to feel bad for her, you really do and like the husband was dragging it on he wouldn't divorce her he wouldn't pick between her and the mistress and eventually she fucking goes to that lady's house, shoots her in the face, and then kills herself Fuck. and lets the husband deal with it. So you know that going in, right? And it's not and then it's just how we got here and you know, it talks about, you know, how you can help with this. Like it's like a lot of it's about like mental illness and it was it was pretty fucked up to hear her talking, planning this out. Like she had to go buy the gun and she had to find out where this like oh and I forgot I forgot. She just how crazy would she get? She would get like tracking devices and audio devices and like sew it into his suit pocket and she would put like a gps on his car like because she knew she's she was convinced she was cheating on her and she wanted proof and she got it and then once she got proof she wanted to like know everything so there's just there's so much audio like the legit quality audio because she recorded everything secretly without his knowledge and then after she did all this he found it all and you know made it that's insane uh yeah it really was um the other thing was it's called suspect and uh, this was about a murder that took place, like, at a Halloween party, like, in 2008 in Washington. And it was a woman from, like, India. She was a really good, like, engineer, murdered in her apartment building that was at this – it was, like, the apartment was going on – I'm sorry, the party was going on, and the apartment was, was just nearby. And, you know, it was, like, pretty brutal murder, and they didn't find her for a few days. And then – so everyone there is, like, a suspect, you know. It's, like, one of those classic whodunit, like, the game of fucking Clue because you got all these people here and – they have a couple of suspects, but the one they really hone in on, and it's just sad because he was, you know, he was the only black guy there, and he had a criminal history. He had a little bit of a rap sheet, so they really just tunnel vision down on this guy, and they arrested him, um, and it's basically about, like, you know, I'm already convinced, like, on episode six because it's ongoing, so, you know, we don't have the conclusion yet, but I'm already convinced he didn't do it. You know, like, he, he stayed at the apartment, like, days afterwards because he was hanging out with buddies, and they were watching football games all while this murder victim was already dead in her apartment. And they were like, he never left the apartment. He's got alibis for all this. You know, he hung out. And then, like, on the fourth day, he finally left. And then, like, they're like, then they discover the body, so they want to know who was there. And he was the only one that didn't live there, and he was, like, friends of friends. So he just kind of stuck out, and they just got tunnel vision and just went after this guy and he's been in locked up. He was locked up for like eight years without a charge or something crazy like that. Like they finally, you know, finally put a charge on him and he's locked up currently. That's what they're telling you. you know, like he's locked up for this case, but they're trying to prove his innocence. Yeah. Um, the last one, this one's over. I mentioned it before, so it's completely done. If you want to finish it and that's murder in Illinois, mm-hmm. that was the Christopher Vaughn case. Again, like another man that's in my opinion, wrongfully convicted for a crime. For he was convicted of killing his wife and his three kids in a car. Well, it's pretty clear to me that the that the wife and the mother is the one who did it. That she had like a mental breakdown, killed her three children, and then put the gun, shot him two times, and then turned the gun on herself. And he's still locked up. Like it's they it concluded he's currently still locked up. They said they give an update if any, because you know this is now just getting the word out to a lot of people. So. Just these cases where it's like, you know, tunnel vision sucks when cops get it and railroad somebody who didn't do it. So basically two two cases of um, wrongful conviction, in my opinion. So 
kind of right. dark. Do you always listen to the most fucked up podcasts? They're that's so what Claire good, said. She's always like, that's why you're always like in a bad mood or you're always so negative. I'm like, no, and this is I my happy place. Slap her around a little bit. It's like, dude, Shut you don't up. tell me what I do. <laughs> Just kidding. Troy loves those domestic abuse jokes, though, he told me. He's like, I'm only here for domestic abuse jokes, so shout out, Troy. He Love loves he loves DV jokes, but he hates kids. God, he does. He shout hates out, kids. Troy. And with that, we're going to wrap it up. Um, Thank God, dude. It's God, like 11 it's o'clock. a marathon, but it was fun. I had a lot of fun. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, guys, please go and vote um, on the movie you want us to review. Um, we'll be back. Uh, I think we're going to record this week. We're going to get back on track. We're going to yeah. record this week, so he's going to get two back-to-back pretty quick. Um, uh, again, guys, thanks for listening. We appreciate all the positive feedback. We appreciate the love. Uh, but for Matt and Andrew, we're out. <laughs>